Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And back for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast, Boxhead. How was your weekend? Uh, yeah, it was good. Not a lot. Not a lot on, to be fair. Pretty what? quiet last couple of weeks. It's Watching footy, coaching footy. Coaching footy, 40 to Did 30. We got, we got beat on the weekend. A couple of big injuries as well. So Bit of a shootout with the Warriors. Yeah, they're, they're a good side. They were a good side, weren't they? Really, really good side, so... 40-30, was a great game of cup footy. Not much defence on offer, but that is what it is. They were, the boys uh, were actually talking about it after the game. Oh, you know, like, have you ever been involved in a game, like, 40-30? to 30? I said, yeah, yeah last yep. year, 41-40. So, yeah. so they were like, <laughs> what, against, really? Against the Dragons. Okay, yeah. I can one-up you on that one, so. Yeah. 35-34 as well, the other one, I think. Both games were yeah. pretty high scoring. But, no, they, they got some really good kids. Um and if I'm not mistaken, I didn't get to see their, their game in full on the weekend. I think one or two of the guys that were on the bench must have flown over. I don't know. I thought Sifakula mm. I saw on the bench. Maybe I'm, I got the wrong person. but No, there's some good kids on, Chad. They've got a, a few good ones there. And I, I tell you, I was more impressed by just them as a whole. But their staff was really good. Their bench, they, they were, were good. They were right into mm. it. They were keen as mustard. They were very good. So, no, good signs. I wondered um, how Jacob LeBan got on because he, he had a bleeding eye. Off. And he's good. a kid that, um, yeah, they got high hopes for, and he was obviously one that we were worried about going into the game. But yeah, he left left the field really early. Well, that that crop of in particular, there's four names they're really big on from their kids. It's Labar, Jacob Laban, Demetric Sifakula, Zion Ma'u, the middle, and the other one was that center Ali Leotawa or Leotawa, however you say it. Like they're, mm. they're probably the four of that younger group that are sort of emerged despite this cutoff from COVID that they've really got big hopes for. Yeah. So, uh, fingers <clears throat> crossed that's the case. But, yeah, they've been impressive in the NRL and it's going on their cup. And next year, as we know, after I think they're only in SG ball this year, they'll be back in mats, they'll be back in flag, they'll be in all competitions. So, only on the up and up. But there you go. What we're going to do, we're going to can the set of six this week again and just merge some of those topics into the teams as we talk about it for the game. Yeah. Because a lot of it has just been the same old rhetoric, which everyone's talking about. Hip drop tackles, the golden point debate, this, that, and the other. So we might as well just take those points. Um, yeah, mold them into the reviews. Into the games anyway. Mm. When there's you know weeks where there's obviously a bit more and I can break it down, I'll do so. But that is not the case here. But big thank you, as always, goes to bluebet.com.au. Charity account, unfortunately, the streak is over. Picked Four in a row, no win, no win for the best bet either. So the account stays at four hundred and sixty-eight dollars and thirty-two cents. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with a true blue bookie, uh, bluebet.com.au. 
Power rankings. Let's jump into those straight away then before we get into the reviews of these games from the weekend brought to you by the Penrith Solar Center. Jake and the crew there. There is no one better. Don't be sidelined by rising power bills this season. Let the team help you with the highest quality solar energy experience. Tackle your electricity bills. Call 1800 2029 30 today or visit au. Number one is still the Panthers for me. I know they got it done ugly on the weekend, but that's where I'm going. Yep. You got them as one as well? Yep. Broncos are still my number two. Uh, similar deal, I thought, when it was tough. You know, they, they, they were there or thereabouts, but I think there was another sort of opening there to show that if you're getting a, a bit of a fight with them, make you play them the hard way, you can, you know... Probably kicked down the door a little bit, but once that sin bin happened and they got those tries, they just let the floodgates absolutely open. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, good win for them. Who you got at three? The Rabbitohs. Yep, I've now bumped them up as well. Um, I think from the weekend and what they're doing, and they've had a bit of injury issues with their middles, but they look like they're getting better. Yeah. So for this week, bump them up to three. At four, I've bumped up the Warriors. That was another yeah. impressive result, and I think probably the one thing I haven't mentioned they've had injuries as well, but they've had disruption to their spine pretty constantly as well. Mm. Like Egan's missed a couple of games now. Martin's missed games, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, Chance didn't start the year there straight away. Like it's it's been a bit of a mix around there. You got Murata, you got Barnett, some of their main recruits missing, and they just keep finding ways to win. Yeah, I've, I've put them there. They they deserve their spot there. Mm. Yeah. I've kicked the storm down to five uh, mm. after the other night. Again, bit of that inconsistency we've seen this year, but probably more disappointed by the discipline side of things. I thought they actually defended really well, considering how poor. They were, and they only got shut out of it late. But they just—I thought—were never in the fight. They were bashed. That's fair. Yeah, I got the uh, the sharks. All right. At five, Nico what? back. I think. Yeah, if they played Melbourne, I think the sharks would win. So that's the reason I've got them ahead. Yep. Well, I've got them at six. Yeah, I've um, got the Storm at six. <clears throat> and similar deal. They've had the bye. Melbourne hasn't. But that extra game to get them back to three and three. Thought there were some better signs from their day the other night. Who's your seven? Good question. Who well, have you got? I've pushed Manly in. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, Manly, Manly 7, definitely. So I've got two teams out this week and I've got two in, but yeah, Manly yep. jumped up. Um, the physicality that I saw during the trials in week one and two, which was gone in particular against Penrith, they couldn't knock the foam off of Cappuccino. That actually, I had I had Manly ahead of Melbourne. I actually had Melbourne at 7. Okay. <clears throat> uh, and then number 8, I slipped the Knights in after what I saw the other night and what's been happening me the too. last few weeks. Like, yeah, me I, too. I know I've dropped out the Roosters and the Dolphins and some people would be going, well, bloody hell, you had them different spots, but again... A few years ago, it was people going, well, they don't change much week to week. Well, the competition, the way it is at the moment, they, it's very easy to change them week to week with what you're seeing. But yeah, um, what they've done without Ponga, the resilience in their team to get that result for them, I, that really would have hurt. I thought they, again, that, that's just the argument a lot of people have had, and that's why we're talking about we get to it, is the golden point situation. You know, you, the argument that you get the same result as a team that gets dusted by 50 for what you've done, rather than coming away with a point each or playing at the whole 10-minute period. Um, I just don't understand why we play Golden Point and then still have a draft in 90 minutes. That's the part. That, that's I've, my point. I've never understood. I, 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 to me, just, it's don't, either, just don't have Golden Point then. It's either yeah, d- get a result because we're go. playing the extra ten to get a result. Surely, yeah. And that's what I agree with you on that. So first points is the way it's been, and the field goal is obviously the option. And a lot of people say, oh, it turns into a shootout." Well, for me, and however they want to do that, like I don't, I don't have a massive problem with it. So I don't, I don't mind the draw though, because for me, the draw that did happen between Newcastle and Manly brings a point of difference at the back end of the year. Because you look there now in the I, I've always liked a draw. I, I didn't like Golden Point. There's not many. I've of them. never liked Golden Point. I don't even like Golden Point in finals games. So I, I like it in the finals, but they have. But we to don't play. play we don't play Golden Point in the finals. We play extra time. 
right? So 10 minutes, yeah. Yeah. And then if it's a draw again, then we go again. Then it's golden point. Mm. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I'm not a fan of golden point. I like that system. But, but that's I, me. Like, that, yeah. That's me. I, but I, but I, I agree with you. I like a draw. In my own head, I was like, I want the extra 10 every week if it happens. But it's like, well, if you play that 10 for no result, you should have just had the draw in the first place. I remember last year we had that cup game against Newcastle and they scored on the bell and they had a conversion to what their kicker thought was to, to win it. And then when he found out it was a draw, I'll never forget it. He goes, ah, oh, really? Well, who really cares? I was like, I'd surely you want to walk away with one point rather than none. 100%, especially if you're in contention or... Yeah, you- I... Like I look at that man, but the I Newcastle think that game. Maybe a little bit of the modern, the modern age is all like all or nothing, and two points or no points, and forget the draw. But well, yeah, I'm I'm a bit old school. I like a draw. Look at me and the Newcastle now. Like I said earlier in the year, and the results, and that one point has bumped them up above a couple of people. We talk yeah. about this log jam that's going to come later in the year. That could be the difference between yeah. missing the eight, squeezing into the eight, or jumping ahead of a couple of teams depending on for and against. Yeah. If you're one of those middle sort of teams, so um, yeah, I, 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 everyone doesn't agree on it. It's another one of those points where people can argue to their blue in the face. But I sort of like that you just play the extra ten. But I agree with you. If it's just going to lead to a draw anyway, I just think you should just have a draw. I don't understand. And then in finals, obviously, you know you have to have a result. So it's different in a finals game. Yeah, oh, 100%. hundred percent. Yeah, do that ten minutes, and then if you don't get it, then it has to go to golden point because you can't play forever. Mm. But yeah, all right. There's a power rankings. Thank you, Penrith Solar Center. Let's jump in and review these games and get moving with Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby and the crew there. Let them get you moving today. Corner of York Road and Bat Street. There's no one better if you want to get yourself a deal on four wheels. Tell Toby the fifth and last boys sent you. SinclairHyundai.com.au. Uh, South Dolphins. This one, to be honest, I wasn't surprised with the way it started. I I think it was a bit anticlimactic once that bin hit, but first half, they did everything they've been doing. They played mm. down the middle. They were really disciplined. They kicked well. They pinned South and made them do all the stuff they don't want to do. They didn't give them set starts. They didn't give them field position. They made them play a yardage game coming out, and they didn't like it. Um, they accrued some points off the back of that with their opportunities that they got, but second half, they got a little bit bogged down with a couple of errors, a couple of penalties, and once South started to get those opportunities, they brought themselves level, then they got back in front. And when that sin bin happened with Kenny Bromwich, that just absolutely torched them. It did. They conceded yeah, right. they... three back-to-back tries, and then all of a sudden it was a blowout, which I didn't think reflected the game. But that sin bin really just fucking kicked the door off the hinges. Yeah, their plan was good, but they just couldn't execute it for long enough. Nah. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess what probably more disappointing me again as well... And it's not really something I'd probably associate with them. When they went bang, bang and conceded the two tries where they got that space with Katoa, with the extra space they obviously had and sort of picked on it there and him and Lemuelu. Um, the third one, the short kickoff, I just didn't understand it. Mm. I thought, I know the game's getting away from you, but just bury it deep. Defend it. You kick it dead. You flip the field again. You give him a penalty. You march him straight back in your 20. At that moment, I was literally sitting there with Casey at home, and I just said, they're going to concede again here. She goes, why? I'm like, that that right there was just all the air out of the room. Yeah. And it took like two plays, and they scored the third. Mm. At that point, it just was anticlimactic. I didn't didn't really pay much attention after that. The game sort of ended. But I must say, um, again, for South, I guess, if you're Demetrio, probably happy with the fact that they got through that period. They sort of weathered. I know they conceded, but they didn't go away. We've seen in the past, like we've talked about, when they get behind <clears throat> and they get frustrated and things aren't going the way they want or the game style that they want, that they can get involved in the niggle and, you know, sort of lose their heads. But didn't see that the other night. No. They kept themselves there. 
they focused on what they needed to do. Um, and probably the other thing... I, I, I think a lot of that was that the game sort of flowed their way late, though. Did you think Campbell Graham pushed for his Yes, I did. Try? I thought it was no try. That one I sort of looked at as well and mm. was like, uh, and there's been talk about, oh, his eyes were here, or you can't... I'm like, oh, you still can't, you still can't push, push somebody to get yeah. the ball. So yeah. I didn't think that was a try, but... Um, Overall, I guess, again, I'm still impressed with the Dolphins because every week, similar deal. Spine changes for them, a couple of injuries, that the depth situation we've talked about, but they're there for every game. Yeah. The only game they really haven't been, obviously, was that Dragons game where it was like they played four finals games in a row with all the hype the first few weeks and a couple of derby games they sort of got caught out. But I thought they were still pretty good the other night. Um, in terms of the south side of things, yeah, it's, it's probably that side of things I was more impressed with. They didn't get frustrated and bogged down. When they got their opportunities, they, they tore him apart. Cody Walker has just been on another planet Yeah, with his football. He's certainly got his confidence back. You know, running game's always there, but the way he follows through, he runs lines, he plays short, he plays long. And when his vision is on, like he always picks the right pass. Whether it's two on three, three on four, someone shoots, someone holds, even the, like the way he double pumps at times to create sort of the pass he wants to throw. Um, you know, just think he was really good. No, I think the one thing for them, again, just, just forward injuries and to lose Kalal Matungi to what I thought was a questionable tackle if we're going off all the bullshit around the hip drop, which is the reason I said last week, well, I'm confused about the consistency of it all. I wouldn't say, again, like classic definition of it, but it was like a knee or a drop into the back of the leg, which caused the syndesmosis. Mm. And a bit like the Murray one for them the week before mm. that I was sort of like, okay, from what we've been showing or what's been getting charged, I'm still a bit confused as to... What, no, I, I, what didn't they are. One, I didn't think that one was a, as bad as a butcher one. No, I still think though when when they you, and the other ones that cause injury are generally the ones that they're going after. So you know, Kalamatungi, who I thought was a contender for New South Wales and should have been last year, is now out for six to eight weeks. Yeah. So that probably <clears throat> scraps that idea. Arrow made a great return from the bench, great impact. Campbell Graham has been awesome this year, <clears throat> absolutely awesome. And yeah, all, all, he's he's almost been the form center in the comp. Well, for me as well, the fact that he plays centre and wing, they're talking about this other wing spot. If you got Tom Luttrell and Toto, I'd happily throw him on the other wing. Yeah. I'd have no qualm putting him on the wing. No. Because he's genuinely started there and he plays centre. He played both spots. So the way he's going at the moment, and we talk about height, and that was the worry the other year with Tupo. Campbell Graham's not short. They call him Stretch. Yeah. He's called Stretch for a reason. Uh, no, also, I, I, I Personally, I think he, sh- he has to be in the team. Hmm. And I also had a not an argument. Someone today said to me, "If Tedesco was to go out, you'd roll Latrell or Tom back to fullback, wouldn't you?" I go at this point in time, I wouldn't. I'd mm. pick Dylan Edwards. And they're like, "Why would you do that?" And I'm like, "Well, no offense to Latrell, but we said club football. You know, you get those moments, but how fast, frantic that game is. You need to be there for every kick, every ball. And no offense to him, it's obvious. You see it on weekends sometimes. A kick rolls through, and he's 15 meters away from it. Yeah, there's no way in my my head you could play him at fullback in Origin. And Tom, I'd just be worried about durability in minutes." And his best football has been played there in the centres. And that matchup for us, every time they've played in the centres, has been dynamite for us. They've blown them away. And when you've got Edwards already in there with a Luai Cleary, Yo type combination like we've talked about, I think naturally the job he does is basically what Tedesco does do with probably a little less flair. Yeah, Plenty of carries, busy. You know he's going to be on the ball. He's going to cover all these kicks. He'll have 30 run. Like he'll just do all the shit work. He probably won't bust as many tackles, but you certainly won't be able to question the effort and the energy. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I think the other one here for me was Mawale. Guy that's only 20, getting little stints here and there. They gave him a decent chunk of minutes the other night, and I thought he was really good. So, nice to see. But uh, for the Dolphins, Kenny Bromwich is going to miss a game. So, again, stretching their depth. And for the Rabbitohs, Arrow, Totola, 
Sale, all these guys have been in and out of the team now. Kalama Tungi's out long term, so that, that's a big blow for them. He's uh, a real quality player. Huge blow. So that hurts. Uh, moving on. Sharks, Roosters. Well, if it's, it's it's not one thing week to week when we talk about the Roosters and you get these glimpses here and there and there's players that need to come back, sure. But penalties and discipline uh, in general and their errors is one thing. And in this game, it's the same things that seem to be occurring over and over again. Generally, we say a combination of both or the other, but they lost the penalty count 14-4. They had multiple sin bids. The Nat Butcher one, obviously, you got the cheese where the player sort of dips in the shoulder. And then at the end, Radley's won. I know the game was pretty much decided and they were trying to get in there like he was trying to get a challenge or whatnot. But it's just pretty much summed up the night, I thought, when he did that at the end. Yeah. Um, they've been poor in attack. I don't think they've been going forward well enough. They play too sideways. And as a result of it, we've seen this afternoon, the news that Sam Walker's been dropped. And Manu and Suwali, who are two really quality players, probably aren't getting enough good ball. Uh, they've reshuffled the decks there. They've put Manu into six to make sure he gets... Some primary football and, I guess, get to make his own destiny when he gets it. Uh, Momorowski's come back into the centre position probably for the reason that he's played in a couple of sides and he's a goal-kicking option, which you're going to need without Walker. And they've sort of shuffled the decks a bit. Yeah, I, I don't love it. <clears throat> I understand it, but I, I don't love it. Because I think Walker's your long-term seven. Hmm. So um, you would have dropped the theory? Part or... of his, yeah, I probably would have stuck with it for a little longer. I think there's other issues that are... Inhibiting that team at the moment, discipline and yeah, sin bins and penalties and all that sort of stuff that's that's hurting them, which is placing them in poor field position and making it harder for halves to to win games. I think, but I, I probably would have stuck with it a little longer, and yeah, at least giving him an opportunity to play behind a team that was disciplined and you know was getting forward and at least given given their halves and their key positions a chance to win the game. But, yeah, he'd have his reasons. Well, you can't really think of I a think game... Better, are they a better team with Manu at six? I think they're a more dangerous attacking team with Manu at six, definitely. Mm. Are they a better defensive team? Well, they probably are, because yeah. Manu's... Well, you take away a small body, or, and yeah, Monrovsky's a bigger body, like, but you know, Walker's... We, we were speaking about it over dinner, just... Yeah, well, why they just keep putting Walker at three man and letting teams run over him? Well, like he missed nine tackles on the weekend, but you knew that he was small and you knew that defense was an issue when he signed well, him. Well, to explain to people again, like we said before, three man is obviously three in from the wing. It's usually the general half spot, but they should move him. They've done it in the past with other players. Thurston used to move. Well, you around. don't don't have to. Prince like, used to move him, around. but your own edge can figure that just, out. Move sure. him around. So you can't isolate him. Because yeah. generally what you want to do... Mix up where he's in the line. Even when you, the, the other thing as well, it's, it's even in yardage sets that we talk about this. If we, say, land on a 20 tram and we're there and there's a half on that side of the field, we'll just channel a half and bash the fuck out of him. Because why wouldn't we? If we get him initially on our first contact, that's what we'll keep doing. Because we get quick play the ball. It's no different what we talked about the World Cup preview when we had a couple of Pommy fans upset that we talked about running at McAlorum. It's not a matter of the effort or the tackle. It's the fact that if he's the one you channel first up, you're generally going to get a quick play the ball or you might win the first up contact. He makes his tackles. But, yeah, Walker's been constantly a target and it also creates pressure on players around him because when he gets one-on-ones, you need to get there and help him. And when you're just isolated and posted up there and easy to access, or very accessible, well, which he has been. that's the around defending him next to a back row. That, that was always the theory. Mm. You put your half next to a back row because he'll be able to help. Mm. But again, we know, like you said, when you go forward, which has been happening to them, and you're on the back foot and you're spaced out, you get isolated on all. Yeah. And I think on the flip side of that, it's probably been 
underestimated for those reasons you've just mentioned. Because of the discipline, the errors, and the penalties, I can't think of any game by the para game where I feel like their halves were put in a good position from go forward possession and opportunity in field position. Mm. It feels like this year they've been on the wrong side of penalty count, error count, possession count, and territory count where your halves don't really get to have an influence on the game. Yeah. So from that side of things, I probably agree with you. But maybe, yeah, they're trying to make two of these changes to counteract that a little bit, um, you know, in terms of putting the ball on Manu's hands a bit more, getting a bigger body in there defensively and putting someone in at centre who's a safe option. Um, yeah. Time will tell, I guess. But the one upside here and not no overreaction, I think, is needed. I think they're a smart club. I think they'll handle it right. I think they'll rally around him. And we need to remember, the guy's 20. He's a kid. He's yeah. literally able to go back down and play flag. And I'm, play flag. I'm pretty sure he's only 20 this year, so he can play flag again next year. So yeah. I think the fact that he's already been playing grade for three years, we overlooked that. And then we talk about development the coaching. Yeah. Has he stagnated a little bit? Is, is the situation more putting him in a situation where you look at him going, oh, maybe he hasn't progressed as much as we've liked? Like, I don't know, but he's 20 and there's time on his side. Definitely. But I guess the bigger question here, and it's one a lot of people have been bringing up, Tedesco's now signed. Suoliti, we know he's leaving. Manu's there for another year, I think. And there's a contract coming. Like the long term future with Kiri only having one year left, surely. You still walk up with the deal they've given him until 25 as the half. And now, more than likely, I think Manu probably does turn into the six if Tedesco's staying for a few more years. Unless they've got someone else like a Sand and Smith in their system that they like. But um, yeah, there's nothing to take out of this in any overreaction or clickbait or paper thing to be like, oh, He's on the outer or something's wrong. They gave him a long-term deal. They paid him very well. He's a 20-year-old kid. Yeah, He probably needs to go back down, get back to some of the basics, have a few wins, pop some blokes in New South Wales Cup and you know, have a bit of a field day like he did when he went there originally uh, and come back in a few weeks' time. Yeah, And that's what I'll assume will happen. But for the Cronulla side of things, again, uh, a step forward, I guess, in terms of their attack and the difference with Nico there. Had his fingerprints over all the big moments as usual, is what you'd expect with the confidence that they've showed him with that seven-year deal. Uh, thought for them, probably <coughs> most importantly, to show up on the defensive side of things. They've conceded a lot of points to start this year. Absolutely. And yeah. that would be the main concern. And They still had errors and some ugly moments themselves, but they are much more resilient on that side of the ball. So big positive there. But yeah, like some of their play, getting out of yardage a couple of times there, popped them on one side of the field. I really, really mm. like the try. And the fact that they're one of the only teams I've sort of seen this year doing what Penrith sort of doing, that switch sort of play. Look like they're heading out. <clears throat> Drop Nikora back under. He skips across a couple of players. Line stagnant. Another pass to Kennedy. Ends up turning into a try of Sifatalakai in the other corner. Tipping <clears throat> it on to Muli Talo. Like some of their shift shapes or when they've got the ball moving, they're great. But it's more that balance, I guess, like we said last year where all the free-flowing attacks are all well and good. But come finals time, if you can't hand the ball over where you want it, if you can't control your sets and you don't defend well, you're not going to go anywhere. Exactly. So there's still a lot of improvement. But um, Nico, again, like I said, really threw his hands up. Some quality moments from him. Sifa, forget the tries and the tackle breaks and people talking about the highlights. The amount of work that guy gets through every week is huge. Kennedy, I think Braley had one of his better games and probably one to take out of this when you talk about the Roosters and opportunity. Uh, they had 34 sets at 88%, which sounds great, but Cronell had 51 sets. Yeah, which nice. talks to when you have that penalty count and everything go against you. Mm. You know, or well, they did well with the possession they had clearly holding the ball, but yeah. Um, and he wasn't happy, Robinson, the, the no try for Collins afterwards. 
watching it live, like, I thought he got it there, but it's one of those ones where in the moment that we were talking about at dinner, if you send it up and no try, you know it's not going to be overturned. There was nothing there clearly for you to see. Nothing, nothing there. To, to really me, it looks like he's on the line, but I can't see the line. So from that reason, when they send it up that way, they're always going to go with the way it was decided. If it went up as a try, it would have been a try. So unfortunate, but yeah, I don't know if in the end the Roosters really deserved the win, if I'm being honest. And uh, Keep saying it. Discipline, errors, penalties, getting some players back and, and just settling down, I guess. They find themselves on the wrong end of a lot of those counts every single week, which is uh, not going to help their cause. So moving on. Eagles storm 18-8. I don't really know what to take. Like, I, I didn't find this great viewing, especially in the second half with all the stoppages and how ugly it sort of got. Yeah. But I really enjoyed the first half and just the physicality that come back that I thought I saw the first week or two. There was nothing complicated about what Manly did. They just absolutely pounded Melbourne. Mm. They made it their mission to make Melbourne uncomfortable, frustrate Melbourne, be extremely physical, similar deal, not let their forwards or their outside backs get going in yardage or give any opportunities for the spine reshuffle and it made for a very unpleasant night. They were playing off the back foot. They were kicking off the back foot. The weather was horrible. They had a couple of drops while trying to kick or clear or some poor errors just with attacking play. And the only time anything come together was when Manly got their numbers wrong, jammed in, and Warbrick got a clean run to the corner. Uh, other than that, it didn't really feel... Yeah, that feel... was a strange try. Yeah, it just <clears> it happened <throat> way too easily. They just didn't get off the line. They were far too tight. Just got stripped really, really easily, yeah. But, yeah, I just, I just thought they did exactly what you need to do when someone rolls in and you haven't been playing well for a few weeks. They went to town, they brought the baseball bats and they just pounded Melbourne for close to 80 minutes. Yeah. And it was there the whole time. It was, yeah. It was really there the whole time. And I, I guess for them, though, that's the sort of team they need to be. 100%. I, I get, we, we saw the Penner thing, like we said before, 50-plus misses and very soft and could knock that off of Cappuccino. It's just like, well, that game there should be your bread and butter. Let your Cherry Evans sit behind, kick and control and steer, and Tom has his injecting moments and you've got good back rolls that you can hit. But overall, you've got a very big physical football side, particularly you start and pack and back rows. Yeah. So anytime someone tries to jam you or there's a half there to hit, hit them with the ball, hit them without the ball. And I mean that defensively, not hitting them late. Bash the forwards with those guys. Get down there and yardage with your big bodies and again, win play one, two and just ruin the sets. And I felt like the other night, all those things is what they did. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And they were... While I was happy on one side of the thing for Melbourne that I thought was so undisciplined and poor all around that we were very resilient defensively. Should have leaked a lot more points than what they did. Yeah. Um, but I think Craig Bellamy pretty much summed it up with what he said at the end. Didn't know what planet they were on and most of the things they did were just plain dumb. dumb so, yeah. yeah, frustrating when it felt like they took a couple of good steps forward uh, to take that step back. But uh, there was some pros and cons to come out of this one. I think on the manly side of things... I think Vega is out for two games now from the shoulder charge, and he was pretty good. He was good physicality. Yeah. Uh, and Kelma Tuolagi, unfortunately, cat one, so he's out 11 days with the concussion, so he'll be missing this week. Uh, the Melbourne side of things, I think they got through unscathed, but Tui copped a two-game ban for his late hit, which is just dumb. Olam got a fine for his, uh, so he was pretty lucky. Yeah. Uh, I think for both these teams next week, some positive ins as well. I'm Pretty sure they said Garrick was close to being back. I'd expect Schuster back, which is good timing. Then on the Melbourne side of things, I thought they really missed Nelson with that physicality the other night. And he's apparently back this week or next. And Nick Meaney, who's been really underrated this year, to just allow the halves to stay as they are. As much as I've liked Pezzett, that was a hard game to come into the other night. Off the back foot yeah, in that time. situation where you're just getting 
pounded and you're playing out of your own end. Not a great night. Anything else on that one? No. Sums that one up pretty no, well. I, yeah, Manly just bashed them. I thought they intimidated them. They, mm. they got Melbourne right off their game. Which... And some good inclusions. I'm oh, sorry, mm. we mentioned it before. I think Sipley, really good off Toss the bench. Sipley was... Yeah. He's been good for you guys in Cup. Well, I, he struggled the first two weeks, and he'd be the fir- first to tell you that. Like, he, he probably underwhelmed a little bit in the first two weeks, but after that, like, he just... He built his game. We had a buy in there as well. Um... And yeah, like after what he did against Penrith uh, in yeah, New South Wales he just yeah rolled through their middle, and they had some NRL guys or guys with NRL experience in there, and that was a big result for us. And yeah, an opportunity came up, and Seabs decided to make some changes. And yeah, Toff certainly took his opportunity with both hands. He, I think, he had the most yeah, he had 16, most post contact meters. I think sixteen um, for one hundred and sixty three. I tell you, I think it more surprised me. He generally has only been getting twenty five, thirty in his stints in NRL. I think he got 42, 43 minutes. Yeah, well, but that's quality. part of those things. It's like it's well, quality work. If you're going good, then you're not you're not yanking him. Nah, it's just really happy for him because he's yeah, like good human, but he he works bloody hard as mm. well. So and that's what I've heard good things about him around the group and as a person. Which well, they're, like, they're the guys you want to the point where you know we. We played the Warriors on Sunday. They, he played NRL on I Thursday. Him, yeah. He, he turns down. up. Yeah. yeah, turns up for the young fellas, and it's in the sheds. He was in the in the sheds till pretty late after the game. So, yeah. and they're the kind of people credit, you want to run credit the club. to him, man. So good on him. But yeah, uh, good on him. Good on him. Yes, Dave Hughes. Good on you. He was good. Uh, Woodsy got his debut for his fifth club. Thought he yep. jagged a try and carried on like he won an Oscar. He, well, he thought he jagged too. Yeah, well... I think you got two disallowed. Yeah, the, the one for the grounding, I can't believe the way he carried on, but... <laughs> fair call to him. He's a front row, I just wanted to try. Yeah, well, no try. Jake, Tom, Olakawatu, again, the shots that they were putting on LIA, they're obviously getting out there and having a, a bash session together, so good on them. Yeah. Hopefully we see that physicality this week. Uh, who have they got this week? they got the Tigers, so... Coming out of the buyer, we said that they were going to be reassessing some things. I think they've made some changes this week. I wouldn't be taking them lightly. It's always dangerous when a team comes off the buyer, especially... Mate, when the team is 0-6 or mate, whatever they are. There's been article after article. The worst time to play them. There was another one the other day when I went to get my car serviced and I read the paper. And it was just... It, Shredding them? It was an absolute fucking dossier of every fuck-up of the Tigers in the last few years. And I thought, all oh, this right now, yeah, I'd just it's be... That's not, not great. I'd be bulletin boarding it if I'm the Tigers going, seriously, if we don't come out after and this bye yeah. and just absolutely yeah. tear the doors off whoever we're playing, we're like, we may not get the result, but we need to come out just swinging. Yeah. Because they're just absolutely... We're, like, we're well aware of it. Playing... I haven't been in and seen any of the NRL stuff this week, but I'm sure they'll be aware of it as well. Mm. So I don't think it'll be a pushover. Where, that's for um, sure. Where's it at? Campbelltown too. So they, they only get a few games out there. Triple header at Campbelltown. So you'd like to think they'll get a good crowd. It's I know they've be been unreal. angry the last few years with the games that get selected to go out there, but I think this is a pretty good game. Great game. So yeah, great game. You want to get out there and watch. I uh, might hang around and watch NRL, I reckon, as well this week. Good beans. Usually I, I zip and try and avoid the traffic, but... Yeah, I don't obviously. think you'll be able to this week. You'll be sandwiched between the two. I might hang around, yeah. But if I was you, I'd probably get there early. Parking was. There's mm. not a lot out the back there. Otherwise, you'll be in big Barney rubble. Uh, Warriors, Cowboys. I might carpool, mate. Mate, if your carport's not a bad idea, if, you, if you've got someone you can jump in with. Is anyone from out this way? I might you? even jump on a train. <clears throat> Park at a nearby station and jump on a train. Oof. Don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I could go with maybe Luke Hutch. What day are you playing? 
Sunday. What time? One thirty-five kickoff. Ooh, I was going to say I might be able to help you, but I won't be able to. <clears throat> I was going to say otherwise I'll drop you out there. Can I finish? Can I can I finish? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Warriors Cowboys twenty-two fourteen. Uh, I know I'm a broken record on this, but I, honestly, I can't believe the way they've been winning these games. And I keep saying it every week, a Warriors side from ten year ago, two year ago, three year ago, however long, wouldn't have won that game. No. And it was another one on the weekend where I sat there. 50-plus tackles inside 20, and they just would not give up. They would not let them in. And everything the Cowboys got, that the bloody work for it. Absolutely. And that, that's the best thing, seeing this. And, again, knowing, like I said before, that Webby, really good bloke, really good coach, especially the defensive side of things when we were there. I thought he had some real positive things compared to some of the people that I'd sort of met along the way. And, you know, you've, you've dealt with a lot more people than I have, but I'll tell you what, a lot of, a lot of the stuff that he talked about then and, and really preached on, you, you're seeing it right now. And also what we talked about before, it's as much a personality thing as it is just a coach thing over there. I think he's the perfect person for that club. Absolutely. He, he's the right balance of obviously discipline and structure and all that, but he's just a generally good human being. And I thought they sort of maybe found that balance when they had Peyton there, where like he was obviously obviously had the ability to be harsh enough when needed or critical, but I felt like they really connected with him for that time that they had him because they went from getting beat by 70 mm. to closing out <clears> the year in a really good way and forming quite a good connection. So early dollars, it looks like they've really bought into one another. He's bought into the club and I guess on the flip side of that as well, having been there before, he already understood the club before he got there. Yeah. So maybe he's hit the ground running. Like I've seen a lot of stuff on their Facebook, Instagram and social media, just really embracing the club, the culture and being back in New Zealand and they look like they're just thriving. Um, and it, it's there to see. I, I thought Fanua Blake and a couple of these guys that went there looked like guys that, again, might have just went for a, a paycheck or played some okay football. He's back playing his best. Dylan Walker's gone over there. He's playing outstanding. Did really good in that six role. Harris back in after a few weeks out was good. Jazz has been just fantastic. And Johnson, to roll Lusick in again after losing Egan, to have those spine changes and just march on. Mm. Um, but again, defense, it's, it's all, all the free stuff we talk about all the time. The little efforts, cleaning up, scrapping, scrambling, getting in a tackle, holding on, backing up errors, repeat sets, penalties, dropouts, and all the stuff that you never would have associated with them right now. It's, it's the bread and butter of their game. It's what's won them all these games. Yeah, definitely. And that's what's more impressive. Uh, on the Cowboys side of things, I've had mixed messages from a lot of people. Some people... Call it fraud alert. Other people, uh, you know, go, oh, it's the same team, but it's not playing as well. I don't think they're frauds. I, th- I think this is a bit like what we've talked about before where, say, the Roosters the last few years have been bitten by the injury bug. They're getting their dose. Well, last year they had next to nobody out. They started this year missing uh, Luciano round one, one back row, and then after the first few rounds, you got Drinkwater suspended. You had Hiku suspended. You've missed Nenai for a couple of weeks. You've missed Talungi for a couple of weeks. You missed Cotter. For a couple of weeks, Lukey comes back, plays two pretty good games, gets injured again. Now you've got Tamalolo getting his knee scoped. He's going to miss four to six weeks. Like they, they can't keep a consistent group on the field, in particular in their forwards. Griffin Neem, fractured throat. Mm. Um, or if that's going to be a constant cycle and you can't get any continuity or you're playing Mitch Dunn and Jake Granville and guys in the middle that are generally edge players and hookers and carrying two utilities on the bench like a Tom Chester. Like they've been really hurt, particularly, I think, in their middle. I'm not going to defend them as a whole. There's still been games where they should have won. They should have closed out the Bulldogs game. They were right in the Dolphins game and, you know, their own 
impatience <clears throat> and composure probably cost them that one as well. Mm. But what, what's really becoming apparent now with these injuries and those close losses is that ugly thing that we talk about where Origin's coming. They're still going to take a couple of their players regardless of how they're going because Queensland's obviously very loyal uh, to their sort of players that they've had in the fold. So there'll, there'll be two or three definitely out of the mix and they've got injuries still. If they come out of that in the sort of shape they're in now, they're, they're going to miss the eight. It's hard to argue. Yeah, it's... And, uh, and, and, and it's yeah. really difficult when, like you say, you get injuries and then you get behind the eight ball because they both they feed into each other. Yeah, but you, you're not even getting games together either. They're like, oh, but this week That's we got Cotter and Talongi yeah. back, and it's all right. Well, now names out and this guy's out. Yeah. Oh, okay. And now this week they're going. Oh, we got McLean back in. Now Tom Lolo's getting his knees. You're scoped, losing, like, and then while while you're losing, the pressure builds each week, mm. and you're still not getting any continuity. They've had multiple back row combinations. They've had different rotations in the middle, and their bench make up. Now you'd use your interchange based off who you've got there. like The only consistent part has been the halves. I made a point of saying it last week. I think you just, you've always got to look at 50-50. Hmm. So how far off 50-50 or how many games in a row do you need to win to get back to 50-50? And yeah. that equation is starting to mount a little bit for the Cowboys. And that's the scary is, part. Yeah, concerning. Particularly, like I think you said last week or the week before, they're going to have... A high compliment in, in origin. Holmes is going to be in. Nenai is going to be in. And then mm. along the way, if they have any injuries or issues, like they loved Cotter last year. I don't know if he'd be in this year, but they're a lot more loyal than New South Wales are in that Deirdre? regard. Deirdre did a rolling game through for them. They don't need him to start with, but they might need him along the way. You, what, you don't reckon they'll play him as a 14? No. Bet Hunt. Yeah, because Green will start, won't he? They'll, they'll still do the two hookers, and then Hunt's yeah. there, obviously, covering those spots. I think Nenai probably gets a bench roll again because they can use him. Back row, center, middle, however they like to. Yeah. And Val Holmes is a walk-up. Yeah. I, yeah. We, they used up to six of them, I think, or had them in the squad at the back end of last year. I yeah. don't know if that'll be the case this year, but again, with the bodies they're missing. Um, but particularly, I think the back row was just the really unsung part of their, their team last year. They started off with Lukey and Nanoi, and then when Lukey went down with that injury, they were lucky enough to pick up Luciano. And they had multiple focal points because a lot of people are talking about their halves and their nine and their spine's not looking that good. I'm like, well, to me, Drinkwater's still creating. I think Chad's probably the one who's down on where he was last year in terms of steering and his contribution. Dearden's still running, but again, his opportunities are probably less than what they were when you're not having, you know, the field position, possession and the territory they did off the back of a dominant forward pack. And that's also affected Robson because a lot of people are going, Robson's not playing the same. I'm like, well, a nine's only as good as the forward pack rolling in front of him. If you're generating play the balls and Playing off the front foot, of course he's jumping out of nine. He can't just jump out of nine whenever he feels like it. Yeah. That stagnates your attack. So I feel that in particular the forward injuries has had a real impact on their on their spine. And yeah, I, don't, I, agree. I don't know if it's going to turn around. And again, some people are going to go, you, you're fucking kidding yourself. And a lot of people call fraud, but you need to look at the situation for what it is. Mm. I don't think it's fraudulent. Like if I told you, if you're a Melbourne fan like me, the performances against, say, the Bulldogs and the Titans in round two when they were missing. 11 or 12 starters, like, I wasn't surprised. I don't know how I could have been surprised. Mm. And if you're in this situation and I bring up the names that just brought up, they're all rep caliber players. And every time you get one back, another one goes out the door. Like, it, it's more, I think, what you're saying exactly right. If, if they get healthy around Origin or the back end of Origin, it's going to be a hell of a task, but that leaves you with no room for error. You can't afford injuries or any more slip-ups. And I think, from memory, the, the draw that they've started with isn't, Terrible. I think their draw is getting worse from here, mm. which is not a good thing either. No, well, that's the other thing, isn't it? So you, you've gone through that rough period in the probably better part of your draw, 
And now you're heading into that situation where you're like, okay, we need to survive for a few weeks until we can hopefully get some bodies back. But your draw is starting to turn the other way. Yeah. And another point, which I don't want to harp on about it, but it's sort of been like Brisbane this year. Brisbane's basically not left Queensland this year. The Cowboys were like that last year. They had a really, really good draw where they only had to come to Sydney a few times or travel, which is, is very helpful. No one will ever deny that. But the less travel, especially for a team in their situation who goes further than most, uh, is obviously a real benefit. But, yeah, uh, I don't know what to think here. And this week, Newcastle up there, I've, I've got no confidence either. Newcastle have been playing a real gritty brand of football and I'm sort of buying into what they're selling and with what's going on with the Cowboys at the moment and bodies missing again. You now to hear that news about Tom Malolo, I'm really worried. Really worried. Absolutely. It's, yeah, things are mounting up, aren't they? So next week, they play the Sharks, then they go into the Roosters, then they've got the Dragons and the Tigers. So I think looking at the draw they've got coming up, they need to at least get another two wins before Origin. Mm. Like Sharks, Roosters is going to be a tall ask. Both... Oh, sorry. One's in Sydney. They get to stay in Brisbane because that's Magic Ground. Is it Magic Ground? Yeah, it's Magic Ground for the Roosters game. Uh, and then they come to Sydney just before Origin. But even during the Origin period looking here, I, I don't know if it's with or without players. they got Eels, Storm, Panthers, South. That's the clump coming afterwards. So they're heading into a chunk here where you're like, well, there's six teams we're probably seeing the eight around Origin, around buys, and with health issues. And I'm only looking at that going, well, I can only really look at two or three games there and go, I'm confident right now with the way you're playing. Yeah. Which leads to the point we're making. Get out of that period, say five wins or six wins, and you're going to have eight games left where you're probably going to have to win six of them. Seven of them almost, depending on... This logjam might save them this year. It might be less wins. But bloody hell, it's... uh, Yeah, it's sort of mounting, but it's, it's more that cycle. I've never... You see it some years where it's a glut and they're all out. This seems to just be a constant cycle. Every time they get one in, a couple go back here. Mm. And they just can't seem to get it together. And I know I've said this every week as well. I don't know when Luciano's back because I don't even know when his court case is and how this is going to play out. But right now, I think it's probably the one part of their attack I think they're really missing. They're back. Both their back rowers last year were such a focal point. They had two big difference makers on both sides of the field that sort of fed into the way they play. Because their spine isn't naturally that dominant like Chad steers, Tom runs off the back of offload, second phase, uh, in good play and direction. Robson gets out of dummy half off the back again, offloads, quick play the balls, and Drinkwater's really the one who brings the splash. But while none of that's happening, it's sort of brought everybody down. Yeah. And their back rowers are a point of difference from last year with a pass or an offload. Nano with a kicking game and just all those things this year are non-existent. So, mm. uh, full credit to the Warriors there. Huge result and... I'm really excited to see the Anzac Day clash between them and Melbourne this year. The last few years, it's been pretty ugly. There's been some big scores. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. This Warriors team is something different. And with the occasion as well, I think this could possibly be one of the better Anzac Day games between these two teams. I think both both Anzac Day games mm. are going to be... Situation-wise, 100%. Yeah, I think the Dragons, sort of, Roosters... We had that period where the Dragons were the premiership contenders with yep. Bennett... Before that, we had the period where it was Freddie and the Roosters. Yeah. Then we went into the period where it was Robbo and the Roosters. Now they both seem like the Roosters you're thinking that are going to be good when the whips are cracking, but they're not playing great footy at the moment. So I think that game is going to be really, really competitive. Then you throw in the Griffin issues at the Dragons. and well, they, got, they got them last year when no one expected, didn't yeah. they? They've been a bit and like that the last few the years. The Melbourne Warriors game, I, I don't think I can ever 
think of a game that might maybe early. We we 2010s. went to one that was very good. It was very when good. We were there yeah. and Melbourne come back very late. But the yeah. last few years have been all just bad. That was when the um, Kearney seventy point. The Warriors had Sheck and Johnson, yeah. and they were all going good. It was a good game. I don't know when we were. We went to Anzac Day that year too for the AFL. We went to the AFL. Maybe yeah. early. That was peptides. Calling it there. So it would have been 2013. I was going to say. 2014. Somewhere 30, around there. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's 10 years ago. The few times since, it's just been bloodbaths. But I, um, yeah. Post, I, after COVID, <laughs> back home and the way they're going this year, it's going to be a belter. I'll be going and doing a little, uh, a kid-friendly service. The I think the Penrith Bowling Club does one at about 9 or 10 o'clock. So that'll be perfect to take the kids to. And then I reckon I'll be home for a barbecue and to watch the... I'll probably watch AFL into NRL into NRL. Well, I really wanted to... With a couple of quiet beers on the back deck, I reckon. I've wanted to go and it hasn't worked out so far this year with the draw. And then the back end of the year, the World Cup for the women's soccer is on. So Melbourne's not in their stadium for the last, I don't know, four four or so games there are not marked yet where they're going to be. Yeah. So this might be one of my only opportunities. So... I've asked work for Wednesday off, hoping to fly down on Anzac Day yeah. to go see this game. Because I looked at the drawer and thought, this may be one of the only chances I get um, with work and other things that are going on. So, yeah, I, I think we couldn't have picked a better year if it does work out. Absolutely. The Warriors are certainly red hot. So, sorry for the day on that one. But, yeah, I think the biggest takeaway in all the back and forth, and there was a couple of decisions there, and there was a try that the Warriors thought, oh, sorry, the Cowboys thought they had to take the lead, which didn't end up eventuating. But, um, Defense, defense, defense. If this is going to be the cornerstone of their game and this effort and care for each other and desire and all the free things in the game that we talk about, they're going to find themselves playing finals football. And the best part we talk about every year, who's playing Origin for the Warriors? Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to talk about draws again, but their draw generally during that, they end up getting Melbourne traveling to well, them after draw is a game. Because and... they're playing good. Mm. But in years past, though, their, their draw around that time of the year generally lines up well. It's always sort of a Brisbane or we always seem to travel their storm after the first or second game and that we generally always lose that one as well. So uh, heading to that period, if they're untouched, could be a real positive for them. So looking at that, I think it's Broncos, Dolphins, Raiders, Dragons, South. So maybe not lined up as much as it usually was. I remember the storm always been a fixture for them, but... We'll get a good gauge again the next few weeks. They go Storm, Roosters, Panthers next three. So, yeah. <clears throat> they've already shown plenty of quality, but if they can jag two out of those three, I think they'll be feeling very good about themselves heading to that mid-year sort of point. Exactly, yeah. So, I think the thing for the Warriors is you don't want to leave yourself in a position late in the year where you're... No, bank where early. You're, yeah, where you're under pressure and people start to talk about years gone by and how long it's been since you played finals and all that sort of stuff. So... Yeah, take advantage of the form you're in now. Take advantage of that origin period and, and give yourself a bit of a cushion to even maybe push into the top four. And no, like this back week. Back end with no pressure. No Egan, he's going to come back. No Barnett, he's going to come back. So you're winning games without these guys now. Yeah. Tomorrow, Martin, I know he's six or eight weeks away, but he'll be back. So all building nicely. But moving off that one, Panthers, Knights, 16, 15. Golden point's probably the big one. Like we talked about before, everyone's got their difference of opinion. It feels like, you know, a bit of the air left the room after such a good game where I, I thought it was one of those games where I was like, this deserves to be a draw. I thought Newcastle did a really, really good job. They got up in their face. They cut them off on the edges. They made Penrith adjust. They forced a lot of errors. 
They were pretty good in yardage. Um, they, they were competing for absolutely everything. They banked points early, and they certainly didn't go away. Uh, the flip side argument, I guess, is they got an opportunity to take the field goal. They got it. Penrith were good enough to get theirs, and then I guess the part that disappoints people, which is why this argument's opened up again, is you lose the toss, and before you know it, Penrith rolls down and kicks a field goal. But my argument probably there is the first D set, after having a spell and getting your breath, you shouldn't let a team roll 60-plus metres off the kickoff. No. No. And that's probably the most disappointing thing because up to that point, they were outstanding. And then that one set where you know you have to keep them in their own half to sort of start winning that territory battle, starts off with a ripper carry by Lenu, if ends with an even better carry from Dylan Edwards, and it gets him in range to pop And that's up. the way you do it. You front load, don't you? Like, you know that that's the freshest you're going to be you have the to. entire period. You have to. You've just had a... Um, you know, a, an end-to-end sort of cycle period where the ball was in play, yep. where you're going field goal for field goal, you're going seven-tackle set for seven-tackle set, everyone's moving really fast, it's frantic, you're fatigued, you have that little two- or three-minute break, you know that that's as fresh as you're going to be. Mm. So it was, I thought it was genius just saying, listen, wind's going that way, we're running that way, we want the footy, yep. and we're, we're winning the game right now. We're not even going to give you a show. And, yeah, they, they did a tremendous job laying you his carry was good. I thought that even the kick, like you think about kickoffs, you need your kickoffs to be high. You need them to hang. Yeah. You need them to be deep because that determines field position. Yeah. And it's and set, time no, to get down there. It's no, uh, it's essentially a set end. Hmm. You're giving them the ball in a certain position of the field and where you make that first tackle determines how far obviously they're going to be able to progress later in that set. It's no different to a last play option, a, a kickoff. So, yeah, it was. There's a few little things there that Newcastle would like to have back, but mate, they were excellent. They, I think, they were probably the better team for 60 minutes. Penrith had their little runs, but for most of it, I felt like Newcastle defended Penrith as well as anyone in recent years. Mm. They pressured them. They forced them into errors. Uh, they had Penrith going side to side a lot. I was about to say yeah. Penrith for me, the one time they turned someone back under, I found a four pointer or I found space. Mm. And they just didn't do it. They were getting cut off on the edges and they persisted with pushing the ball sideways. Yeah. Um, I think probably the other thing, when you're completing at one point at barely 50%, you're not going to be in the game. Makes it very difficult. And I, I didn't take the comments wrong. Again, Giorno's clickbait. I sent a lot today going, Ivan's comments were disrespectful by saying, you know, in, in all respect to Newcastle, I, I think that's the worst game we've played. I don't think that was aimed at Newcastle or trying to backhand Newcastle. I think that was more I think a that's message actually to his a compliment own. to Newcastle because it they, should have they been, made you play that, you that way. Yeah. Um, I, I thought a lot of what happened to Penrith was People didn't take it that way, but I also thought that wasn't personal. I thought that was more a message to his own team mm. to basically, you know, say how poor they were. Yeah. And they got away with it in the end. But uh, Newcastle were great. Yeah. And I think this foundation of what they've built here needs to stay with Ponga back and he needs to buy into it. It's no longer the Callum Ponga show and... Him today even talking about Queensland and other priority. I'm like, mate, just don't talk about Queensland. Just get back and play for Newcastle. That'd be a good start. Yeah, I know it's been a rough start of the year and the concussions and that, but the last thing you should be talking about is your rep jersey. You're the highest paid player at a club that's playing some really good football and got some high expectations around you and done a lot for you. He needs to come back this week for him yeah. and mesh into what they're doing. And... In terms of the moves they had to make without Braley, I thought Crossland did a good job at nine. Scored a try, did his job, held his weight, defended well. Um, Gamble, Hastings. I think Hastings has probably not got the credit he deserves. He's, he's kicked well, he's controlled, he's really bought in um, to that situation. I think they're bought in him. 
He's, he, got, he doesn't have, per se, try assist or last pass, but I think he's directing really well, kicking really well, and he's been has try involvements and has done a great job. Miller's been great. Gagai, um, there's been a lot of guys there this year. Frizzell playing some of his best football again. There's a lot of guys turning up. Leo Thompson's <clears throat> yeah. good find as well. I think two moments as well that disappoint a lot of Newcastle fans. The Gagai getting penalised because the ref thought he was swearing at him. That flipped the field and led to one of the tries for Toto. And then the hair pull, I thought, was a crock of shit. If you got that off the back of your hair, you can tell when a hair pull is intentional. It's not an on-the-ground one where you're in a ruck and you reef a guy's head. He's gone from behind. You've got a handful of jerseys. You've got a handful of hair. And unfortunately, again, that penalty also led to the salmon try. So there's two sort of moments there yeah. that flipped the field and swapped that momentum. But I just think I'll that, tell you that what, one, like... It's ridiculous there. And I heard Graham Annesley like almost justified us. Well, he said, what about the girls game? And he's like, you sort of damned what, if you do, what? damned if you don't. I'm like, well, you're that not. Was like, it wasn't intentional. He He's reaching for a guy who's getting away from him and he gets the Borderline like PC sexism. I was like, it's yeah. got nothing to do with it. Like, no, it's got nothing to do with the female. It's got nothing to do with the female game at all because simple. I've never seen it in the female game. If, if your hair's in, in obstructing the uniform and I'm going to grab that and it's in the fucking way, well, guess what? And to be fair, they tackle with less, um, less wrestle and less... Yeah, like all the other, yeah, they, they actually hit. So, oh, yeah, I was like, don't fucking bring the women's nah, game into I it. I thought it was a bit odd. It, it was, was very strange. odd. strange. Like, mate, Frizzell had no intent to get his hair. He he grabbed his collar and got a bit of hair on the way through. Yeah, I didn't think it was a penalty. Unlucky. And tell you what, greatest challenge of all time, Spetsalenia. It was a good challenge. Because that was a bullshit call. Yeah. When he went instant bin, I thought it was because he went up to him. Then when he was like, it was a professional foul, I'm like, there was no fucking way he was going to score. Cut it and out. he barely turned. Yeah. It's 15 metres away from the play. It's like, I know there's the edict and we're cracking down, but the numbers come out tonight. The Sinbins this year is 43 at this point. Last year it was 28. year before it was like 13 or something like that. But fuck me, there's been some like that where in the moment I was like, are you trying to ruin this game? Don't worry, we'll catch it. What, what year was the Magic Ground one? Was that last year or the year before? Magic Ground was 13 Sinbins and like three send-offs or something. Yeah, one when, when was that? That was two years ago? Or was it last year? The crackdown was second year of COVID, maybe? Yeah, I thought, so it, I thought it was. Yeah. Started Don't with, worry. The numbers will look good once we go past Magic Ground. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah well, <laughs> wait until Origin comes <laughs> that in. That was mental. And there's punches thrown, and then it's like, yeah, no, nah, it's all good. <laughs> you can punch each other. Well, look, I, I wouldn't have a problem if the NRL came out and said Origin will be refereed differently. Well, they should just admit it because they say they're not. But finals and origin are refereed differently. Okay, listen. Because it's there for everybody to see. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. It's a crock of shit. That's like like Super Bowls and all these, all yeah, these sports. The physicality, you know, the, the, the whole NBA, thing. NBA playoffs just started. Yeah. Blokes what get what they call during regular games, what they call during finals, totally different. Huge difference. Yeah. But uh, what do you, I like Crossland at nine. I know they're going to bring Ponga back in the halves. They've got men. Mm. At 13 this week. I don't know if Gamble could go 80 at 13 defensively, but I think he's big enough to keep him involved somehow and have him that spot. Yeah. Like, man's in a similar spot. Like, you're starting him there, but you can't play him for 80 at lock. It's almost got the low. They've got three or four really versatile players. Well, we spoke about this in the preseason. Between utility and half, they have, like, those Gamble, you've got man, you've got Crossland, who's a six. Like, it was an Australian schoolboy six. They've used a six, seven, one, nine. 13, they got Simi Sasagi, who's playing center, mm. played fullback, played six. They have this huge group of center, half, lock style players, and none of them ever get to settle. I was thinking like about, I about today, I was like, I like Crossland, but Crossland's never really got a solid run to play the position that he came through the juniors as, and the reason they signed him. Mm. And now with the injuries, he's been forced about to nine. Like, Ponga coming back, and it's no disrespect 
to Ponga, but it was like you sometimes you're one injury away from being a better team. Yeah, and I was I'm and literally trying to make that point to you before. I hope he blends into what's going on. Yeah, like it, it, it could. They're definitely a better team with him coming back because he's if, no doubt one of their top three players, the team, right? But his challenge is going to be complementing what's them. currently it's not working, about him, not making it about you because no. you might actually detract from the team performance. You need like, to compliment what's going on. Mm. And I think that's sort of my nice way of not saying before without being someone it's who's... It's not a shot at him. It's just, nah, it's just I, about understanding what, what is working. Similar to you. Like how said, do I make that better? Sometimes not something happens. Come, come back in on back, boys. This is the way we're going to play. Well, completely change it. You would have played probably in, in a situation like that. We had it one year, uh, like junior footy, where we lost a couple of guys and we thought things were going to be bad. We ended up being a better team. Because as a whole, yeah. the sum of our parts was more important than a couple of oh, blokes. I've got, to, and, I've got to be honest. I played in a lot of good premiership winning teams where no one gave a shit who was good and it was just what's best for the team and that was it and that well, that might sound ridiculous nah. but for a four or five year period there yeah we won like four or five comps in a row and yeah one of one of Harold Matthews and yeah played played in some really good teams won a, a schoolboy cup well, I had one the right name they were all the, the characteristics for all those teams was yeah just not really giving a shit who got the credit we had coaches, coaches who uh, never made it about them, players who never made it about them, and we had talent. We had one year that I won't mention where we had some really good players and a lot of guys split and moved, and our team ended up being better the next year without so much better individuals, but mm-hmm. as a whole... But the crazy thing is, we right, became for that four team. or five-year period where I, I was lucky enough to play in all those teams, I, I've been coaching now for, what, nearly 20 years... And I reckon I've only come across a team similar to, to those once or twice. First year of Seagrad. Yeah, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to put names on teams because I think <laughs> that's, that's disrespectful. Um, well, I'd I'd say last year that New South Wales Cup team is the best team I've ever coached. It was really and they, good team. they won. They won nothing. They didn't make the finals. Mm. That that's the best team I've ever coached. That's that's as in sync with a playing group as I've ever felt. Mm. Um, but we won nothing. So. There you go. Yeah, but again, to, to, the, to the summer of that, and that's without being disrespectful to those guys, there was one full-timer, a couple of guys that had been in squads who are now injured part-time or working. Like, for, for the sum of the parts and what you had in the situation you're in, they well and truly overachieved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more, I think, what like to the point as well. You may have not won nothing, but for the, the yeah, circumstances, that, the situation old, um... and what it is, if you look at it objectively and you know your football, you're like, fucking hell, they did well. Yeah, like, like as I've said previously, like I was happier after some losses than I was after that's some what wins. I mean, because you look at it and you go, man, we were right there. Like, but it's also yeah, performance over result, right? Yeah. So and that's what coaching. What is be. what is the capability? You know, what is the sum of our best performance, and mm. is that good enough to win? Some weeks it's probably not going to be good enough to win. No. But you just be comfortable but with that. Are, and are you, you maximizing the and ability? You judge you of, judge yourself yeah. based on what you think your capacity to perform is, and did we did we reach that level? Yes, but they we won. were all old awesome. enough, smart did enough. Did we reach that level and lost? Even even better. You treated exactly the yeah. same. They only had two bad games. The whole run, I thought. Yeah, one was the day in the rain against South, which was just yeah. You know, first half out. wasn't terrible, but the second half obviously got ugly in the last round. Yeah, and that was one of those ones where again a lot of people know something's coming to an end and everything. All the winds kind of going out of the sails, and you've been up for a long sort of period of time, and it just. Unfortunately, yeah. it wasn't a great day. We had Mad Monday on Sunday. So there you that's go. What happened? Yeah, that's the deal. But uh, Which, Pen- I'll, I'll forgive him for that one. Yeah, 
For Penrith here, I, I guess, again, you get away with one. Um, Massively. Liam Martin, disappointing for them. They bring him back. He now tears his hamstring after having, I think it was a calf problem, so he's going to be out for a period of time. Uh, but, yeah, I thought Cleary, obviously, was was the difference in the end of those moments. But Edwards, again, was huge. Laota had another big game. Yo. Uh, I thought Spencer and Salmon had really good impacts off the bench. <clears throat> but for Newcastle, there's lots of positives. Hastings, Miller... Marju, most of the guys they've brought in have made a big difference to their team. Yeah. So there's a lot of positives there, and it's more sort of that point mm. we made before. I, without even knowing the real term of the thing when people say about the feng shui, let's just hope the, punk, the ponga move doesn't mess up the feng shui of what's going on right now. Because yeah. things are very, very good and in sync, and they're working hard for each other. They're strong in yardage. They've got attack across the field. Uh, let, let's hope he, he sort of meshes back in and adds to it, not detracts mm. from what's been going so well. For Newcastle, but it certainly hurt. But, man, I've got to pay and respect their crowd. I went last year for Vaughan, 200th when shit was in the toilet at the back end of the year and they weren't playing well and they were talking about firing the coach and I was still surprised how big the crowd was. But when they're winning, or not even winning, just playing well, man, Newcastle gets out. That crowd was awesome. Yeah. I've only awesome. ever been up there once to watch a game. It was a test match mm. in 2003, well, maybe. Like I said, that game Before I went the back end of the year, I said to my partner, Casey, we were there, I'm like, this should be half dead today. And when I went to get my tickets, I was like, man, this place I think we actually play out there soon. Well, not soon, but yeah. Mac Jones. Yeah. It's a good stadium. But man, they roll up because I was blown away. I was like, there's three or four rounds to go. You're going like busteds and it was packed. Yeah. But now when they're doing well and they put the effort in, they don't need to win. They'll, they get behind their team if their team's having a go. They're certainly having a go. So, yeah. Sorry for that. We got a bit off topic, but we move on. Uh, Penrith. A bit off topic, man. Good win. Yeah, we play there on the 28th of May. It's not that far away. There you go. Back end of the month, five, six weeks. Sunday, the 28th of May. So it must be Newcastle Manly, four o'clock game. Afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Panthers rolling to South this week. So that's the second time they've played. And like we said, Knights up to Townsville. Uh, they're very. Very vulnerable right now. And if anything, probably get back to the Ponga point. He should want to play even better because this is the club that let him go. Mm. Basically said that, you know, despite all the raps on him as a junior, that they were fine with what they had. So if there's ever a week when you come up against uh, old teams, it's the time to deliver. But Broncos, Titans, 43-26. I felt this was a really, really good contest. But that kick at halftime, as much as I love the moments of Jaden Campbell, that really hurt. Right idea. There's two of them. Wrong result. Either side of halfway. And then, yeah. Half time. It was unforgivable. That's it was just so. Second half, it happened talk again. Talk about dumb. It was dumb. So, yeah. Other than that, to start off the first half, I'm like, man, they got the game plan here. You were moving edge to edge. You were attacking their halves. You were especially getting at Reynolds. They worried about Fafita. They pulled him and Staggs apart a couple of times. They created opportunities. Foreign swinging down there. Moiaki, Fotoaka is back to his origin form a few years ago. He's been. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Immense. Yeah. Um, thought you were getting stuck into the middle and talking about what we said. If you bring the fight to Brisbane, they're there to be had. And when they were in the fight and they were doing the right stuff and the physical and holding the ball, I thought you guys were on top. Yeah. But yeah, critical blow on half. 
critical blow straight after, and then he's in a position to score, give away a penalty, flip the field, then Tino has the second penalty. I thought the bin was a bit harsh, to be honest. Yeah. Um, didn't really see that coming. And again, much like the Dolphins game, I just felt the wind go out the sail. As soon as that happened, it was bang, bang, penalty goal, two tries, and it was, it was over. And the back end just turned into a bit of a shootout where Brisbane knew they had the result wrapped up, so they leaked a couple of you guys and... Cobo got a late runaway, but it, it just sort of killed the game. Up to half time or a little bit after, 50 or so minutes, I thought, we got a really good game here. Mm. Crowd was awesome. Titans, like I said, game plan to get to that left edge and try and attack Reynolds and create pressure around him, which worked out. And Semi was great again on the other side of the field. And like I said, Moiaki, man, playing some really good football. But that, that bin and those couple of critical moments early in the second half and the try before half time just deflated it and... It's the same point we make about the Titans all the time. Playing for 80 is one thing, but just defensively. Long periods of time. Like for, you know, 40, 50 minutes there, you were right in the contest. But when the floodgates opened, it opened. And they just got absolutely blown off the park. Yeah. And I... Got to learn to tackle. Go ahead. Yeah. the start, start and of the then, year. Then again, it. resilience in those periods. Like <clears throat> you find yourself with Tano going off. You, you've got to just knuckle down and buy in for that period of time. And they, they couldn't do it. Yeah. And they got chewed up. I didn't think they were going to win from there, but you want to see them at least show some resilience and not want to let it turn into what it did, which yeah. is a blowout. It's annoying. Because <clears throat> they were leading, and I thought going in half time they should have went in, in control, and it just flipped on its head. So I agree. I think you guys have got some decisions to make, though. We say this every week. Brimson looked, was your best player, I thought, the first few games, along with Tino. But now you've seen what Jaden Campbell can deliver at the back, but you're also not settled on your halves. They've gone from Tanner Boyd to Sexton, who I prefer, who's now got a broken wrist. Foreign's definitely going to be there, but I like what I've seen from Jaden Campbell. So do you move Brimson back in the halves? But then again, you know, his best spot's probably there. Could, could you move Campbell to six and let Foreign steer the team as a seven and play him over block? No offense, at the end of the day, for all, everyone's got their opinion. Boyd's not my team. Boyd's not my halves and he's not my 14. So fitting all the pieces together, if Sexton's injured and Boyd's still there, if it's Brimson in the halves or it's Campbell going to the halves before I, I one of those two those two need to be in your team yeah because I think unfortunately defence isn't your strong point it's certainly something they can improve on but when you guys have those guys on the field and you're playing good in attack and you've got Moiaki and Tino and those guys going forward and you've got Semi uh, obviously who is a pretty good strike weapon and Kelly why I think he's got some deficiencies he obviously was really good in attack again on the weekend you guys can attack from anywhere on the field yeah, that, really that's, that's not going to be the issue. But, yeah, I, I guess similar to what we said before the season started, they needed to settle on a spine. And I wanted to see Sexton play with a complete spine, and they gave that opportunity to Tanner Boyd instead. Hmm. And then his first game last week, I thought he was really good. Now he's out injured. But right now, if Brimson's in this week, which I haven't seen, I think you have to find a way to have him and Campbell in your team. And I don't know what that looks like. Others have mentioned... Center, could you move one of those guys into the centers? I might, well, again, that's at the expense of who. So I don't know how it works. And Campbell is a 14. I know you can inject him, but I just think he's better when he's on the field for the whole game. But they've obviously got some bits and pieces there they need to figure out and shuffle. But at this point in time, if you've got Kieran Foran for a year or two, I'd probably just... He's only going to play one side of the field, but if you make him, say, the primary kicker and the main seven and play one of those guys at six and the other at one it certainly brings a lot of potency to your attack. But for Brisbane, the focal point here, again, and the difference, Walsh just continues to blow my mind how he gets around a football field. They kept him reasonably quiet, obviously, when 
they were <clears throat> sort of leading the game and not letting him get opportunities inside 20. But any time they're sort of inside 20 and playing attack of football, he looks likely to score, create a line break, an offload, break a tackle at just any moment. He is electric. Absolutely electric. Mm. Haas, 200-something metres and 60 minutes. He was ridiculous. Carrigan was good again. Uh, Mam had a stamp on this game. I think he had like 170-something running metres and particularly, like we said, the back end things really, really fell apart. But I've still got that thing in my head where I mentioned it. You know, Canberra took him into a, a dirty place and you guys took him into a dirty place, one half of football. The run they've got coming up with South, Panthers, and a few of these other teams, so I'm really interested to watch Brisbane in those games. Mm. Um, I think they'll be a bit more of a test. So, yeah, moving on from that one. Raiders Dragons, it uh, wasn't a pretty game. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and I'd probably say for the Dragons side of things, you know, discipline and errors, 63% completion rate, 14 errors, Canberra. You know, 13 errors of their own. They both missed 40 tackles. It, it wasn't exactly a high-quality game of football, particularly when it was 4-0 at halftime. Um, I think one thing's for certain, Jack needs to sort out his future fast because he hasn't been playing good football. And they've shown that they're committed to him. It sort of looks and feels like to me that he's on the way out, but certainly think that he needs to get whatever it is off his chest and sort his situation out because on return, I expected him to be a lot better and he, he wasn't great. Yeah, he had he had some key um, errors in the game, no doubt. I don't know whether you can. I guess it's the the easy thing to do is to draw that conclusion. Um, it's yeah, hard to know. I guess while ever he's not playing well or playing up to what we know he can is his best footy, and this is dragging out, then people are just going to draw that direct line. So I, yeah. Having the having the couple of weeks out probably didn't help. I don't know. Oh, I can say. I, for them, I thought it was a really really good win. It was ugly first half, like a really ugly, ugly is an first understatement. Half. God bless Hudson Young, as far as they're concerned. Yeah, that strip and t- runaway play in the context of things is huge. I thought Jared Croke was good in this game too. The other one as well. Really Zach nice Lomax, you're a goal kicker. What the fuck going on with his goal and kicking? Timokor, he was good. I really like how he's developing. Great attacking player. Just got to. Man, I reckon he's, his got, defensive he's got better the last month. You're Just, you're the goal kicker. What's going on with Zach Lomax? None from three. He tries to kick the ball too hard. That's my gut feel. I've always thought that with Zach Lomax. He's generally got a pretty good kicking percentage. He's like the bloke up on the tee that's got the driver out that just wants to smack the fuck out of it. So he's Pat Richards. Pat Richards used I, to like, kick the I, piss out yeah, of it. I don't know. I haven't looked too much at his technique, but... I uh, heard somebody say he's changed his kicking tee, but I, I, I was going to try and find something from last year and have a look because I thought he was... Pretty pretty quality the last few seasons. The tea, the tea shouldn't matter. Like but, it, I guess it does matter a little bit, but it's it's how you approach the ball. It's yeah, where your non kicking foot is, and your body position over the ball, are probably the most important elements to it. But yeah. without getting too technical, like we're having our own issues at state cup level with our goal kicking. But we had Jamie Humphreys back this week. He kicked four from five, so that was good. Always helps. We were going up in sixes. It was. We're going on, jeez. Well, this game here nice. is three apiece and a penalty goal apiece, but he kicks none from three. Yeah, it's, so, and it plays a part. On the flip side of that, to bring that up, as much as Jared Croker in the back end may not be as shifty and quick as he is, and defensively he hasn't always been great during his career, but he's done a job the last couple of weeks, his goal kicking's always been very consistent. Yeah. So, if you get, like you said, you're going up in sixes, it's very helpful. And in the context of this game, 
they did make a difference in the end. But mm. they put themselves under pressure at the back end. I thought they... I don't even know if Canberra were the better of the two, to be honest. The first half and most of it, I thought the Dragons were probably the better team. Yeah. But discipline and errors sort of were their undoing. And um, yeah, in the back end, that play from Hudson Young, huge. He gets binned with 17 seconds to go on purpose. They're under a bit of pressure there. They hold on. Uh, you know, it was a Jack who threw an intercept as well. Critical time. Didn't really help. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I didn't take a lot away from this game other than Canberra got a couple of guys back and made it look very difficult after looking pretty good last week. But given everything that's going on again, a win's a win. And for the Dragons, this is one of those ones where, again, it just brings more noise and more talk around your club, which there's already been plenty. And I guess that's two of the talking points that, again, I didn't want to talk about in the set of six, but their board meetings apparently happening. Flanagan, who I think should be the no-brainer, is apparently not going to be the coach because it has to be endorsed by all board members and Peter Doust is absolutely zero tolerance off him, doesn't think he should coach ever again. A lot of the other candidates have ruled them out and I think it's more down to a situation now where they, they're only going to get someone who's obviously really wants a job. Mm-hmm. So Des Haz is one of these guys who really wants a job. They reckon Riles is more interested in staying at the Roosters or going to Melbourne. If that's available, Young possibly or Hornby are the two that have sort of come more up on the radar. Now there's a talk of a combination of one of those guys, say, working under a Hasler for a year or two, then taking the job. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm. I don't think Des is someone I'd let in at this point in time. I think there's a hell of a lot more to this than what meets the eye. Uh, I think there's, yeah, without <clears throat> without going public on... On my theories around it, um, the, yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on here. Now, the easy part the easy part to work out is that it's pretty simple that Griffin's not going to have the job. He's definitely not going to have the job. Uh, they've, like I said, you're you know, not doing all this. Two or three weeks ago, just feels like a soft sacking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll be very interested to see who's um, who gets it. But I've got my thoughts around who will, and then there'll be a few other things that line up with it. Um, some player managers will have a big say in who gets it as well. I think that's mm. that's sort of my gut feel. Um, mm. It's interesting. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Awesome. Well, I know I know what you're talking about, but yeah, we won't go there. But I just think if Peter Dowse, mate, go give yourself a fucking triple. The best candidate who's been sitting there. The guy's missed five years. Like, whatever you think. It's not the worst thing in the world. He's already been there. He's seen under the bottom. He knows about your juniors. He knows about your pathways. Like, fucking hell. In the situation they're in, I don't think you can hire well, why was better. he? Why was he hired to be there well, in the first place? Saying. Did he have to be unanimously he hired? Was, he to was be good enough to be there to be recruited and working like, at the club. So they, why, they, why can't he coach They gave the him club? extra roles and responsibilities. And you've got a guy yeah. here who can do all those roles we're talking about. But like, mate. you're you just going to get lynched forever for what he did. That's what I'm saying. Or his part in what happened? Fucking done by them, in my opinion, for oh. what the options are out there. Yeah, agree. Because like- I've, I've said it before. I don't. I really don't like the construction of some of the contracts, but I think there's some good kids there. What One to seven, for the most part, with a couple of young halves, their backline options, and now having Hunt for a couple of years, I think you've got a bit to work with. They need yeah. to roll over some other contracts. You need to... Like, Lomax's contract to me is way too big, but mm-hmm. he's not going anywhere. The DeBellin contract, they were stupid enough to give that to him when I don't think anyone else would have given him that money. 
after the whole off-field situation and he takes his option 12 months early. Of course he is because he's not worth 800 grand. But he's dumped a few of those contracts and get some good forwards in there to help out with Sua and a lorry who would have signed for bugger all who's just a worker and sort of reconfigure your pack and find a nine. Mm. It, it's more from nine through to 17 than I'm worried about. I think one to seven at the moment, they're actually not that bad. Like Ravalawa, the Fiennes, Lomax. There's enough there. Sully, there's a well, well and truly there. enough there. And then yeah. have Sloan, Sullivan, and Monet and Hunt. There's a couple of bad contracts there. Yeah, but, but like two shit contracts is Lomax on 700,000 and DeBellin on about 800 grand. If those go out the door straight away and you reconfigure some of the back end of your roster with some more kids and add around Sewer and a couple of guys there, well, if you get a better forward pack, well, you're, you're heading in the right direction. Yeah. And then you want those kids to learn with Hunt and transition and, you know, Sloan gets better in a couple of years' time. Hopefully you've got two or three pieces of that spine secured and you just need to find a hooker. Hmm. But you've got somebody who we've talked about, literally had to build a club essentially from scratch, from the gym to the junior pathways to a lot of stuff at the club because they had no resources. And you're in a situation where you've got resources, you've got money. The win side of it's got plenty of cash. The Steelers side's producing plenty of players and plenty of good juniors that they haven't been converting and they've been letting them walk to other clubs like a shop, like a Bostock, and there's others I could talk about who are out there. And then you've got some in key positions right now who you failed to develop the last couple of years. Yeah, it could be steered and it could be turned around if the right person gets the job but the track record to me in particular without getting too personal on the dead side of thing like I look at him and go that's not the person I want he likes to spend money and he likes to get old and he works a lot off stats yeah, and analytics my, my and, concern with Des would be the, and he doesn't the work way with that the, the cup ended up at Canterbury and the way it ended up at Manly again mm. that's why they took all responsibility away from him and he also likes to base a lot of things off stats and analytics and he doesn't mind some older heads. I don't see him blooding those kids and doing the development route. He'll go out and try and find some guys and plug some holes and I just I don't think that's the move. I don't think it is. But Flanagan's the obvious one. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, Peter Douse, mate, pull your head out of your ass. Figure it out. Uh moving on from that one. Eels dogs again. But again that's that's all that's all media chat, right? Like how many's on the board? I don't even know. Yeah. I thought, again... No one's really breaking it down, are they? I think they... Peter Douse is an easy one because everyone knows who Peter Douse is. So to say, oh, Peter Douse doesn't like Flanagan and he won't vote for him. I think he's been pretty public in his comments. Okay, but he's not the only one that's not going to vote for him. But in terms of... I think their board is split 50-50 between the two and then they have to rotate who's the chair. So it goes to Steelers, to Dragons every couple of years. But... Yeah, again, yeah. when you've got that situation between two clubs that merge together, it's always I think again, it's a bit interesting. Some people writing what they think is the truth, not what is actually the truth, or the whole truth. And for the Raiders, I guess, before we move on, like we said about the Jack thing, interesting sort of his words, and now he's retired from rep football, and I love the Raiders, and I always will. You can interpret that however you want. Um the fact that well, they, people will interpret it when he makes the decision. The fact they slammed a four-year, $1.1 million deal a year on the table so quickly and put it in front of him and nothing sort of happened, I get the feeling he's moving. Because if, oh, I don't know if it was about money in years and they're willing to give you an extra 200000 and push you all the way through to your 35, I thought he already would have signed. He might have. Uh, I guess time will tell, but... My gut feeling now, unfortunately... Don't they have to have two weeks now before they're allowed to announce it? No, I think you, you signed... Isn't that cooling-off period? No, nah, I think cooling the cooling-off period was a thing, but in terms of uh, announcing it, or I think you announce it, then you've got your two weeks. Is that right? 
Where's the point in having the two weeks? I don't know. You'd have to look into that again. That that whole cooling off period thing come in. Obviously, as we know, after the uh, the Cherry Evans situation, they got scrapped. Sorry, remember? They got rid of it. Did they? Yeah, I think they pissed it off after it happened a couple of times again. There's no cooling off period anymore, or it's five days or something shorter now. It's happened a couple of years ago. Okay. It went out the window. Because before it was like the Cherry Evans thing. You sign and you go there and then there's your speculation and then players would pull out. I can't remember. It was a couple of years ago now. There was someone else where the situation played out and I'm pretty sure they scrapped it all together. Now you sign a deal, you sign a deal. That's it. Okay. Once you accept it and register it. That's why deals like the Moses one the other week. They're like, oh, it's done. He signed the terms and I'm like, well, the terms were agreed to. He didn't sign the contract. Okay, as a part of the new CBA, it was agreed that there will be no cooling off yeah, period for registering of contracts. All that bullshit that was going on, they were like, no, you sign a deal, you've agreed. That's the end of it. And rightfully so. The NRL and the RLPA agreed to get rid of it. What year was that? That was like 2021 or 2020, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I can't find a year. Because it happened a few more times, obviously, in years to come. And then anyway, yeah, got I... to a point where they were like, nah, from now on, okay. you got your terms, you know everything, consider it. But once you've signed it, sign it. That's, that's it. it. Announce it. There's okay, no. Cool. Oh, I feel bad right. about it anymore. I've been living in the world of cooling off period. No, the cooling off period went go. a while ago. So I've learned something new today. It's like Papalea last year. People were like, "Oh, well, if they had the cooling off period, well, they got rid of that reason." He knew the terms. He knew the contract. He had all these options on the table. If he wanted to take some time, I'm sure they would have given it to him. But he signed the deal. The moment he signed the deal, the responsibility was on him. Yeah. Cool. So if if you weren't happy with it, or you weren't sure, or you thought you could have milked the power, or Waited for the first month or six shouldn't weeks or whatever, you shouldn't have signed. Yeah. And that's why now he's is where he is. So no way out of it, unfortunately. But I guess we'll see what happens with Jack and we'll see what happens with the coaching side on the Dragons. But the Eels and the Dogs, 34, 30 points to four, sorry. Uh, this didn't really reach any great heights. And again, for the Bulldogs, injuries just, just can't take a trick. And it happened again. Karaz, gone early. He's going to be out for three to four weeks. Avarillo's got a knee issue that they've got to manage. Someone else I read uh, that they had in their squad's got a foot problem who they had in who was out. Um, they've obviously had issues with their middles. Andrew Davey, I think, has a finger issue now as well out of that game. So, yeah, they, they were never quite in this one. And Parramatta, I think for them, good to chalk up another win, good to get a result, good to get some foreign against. But I think they were overly impressive. Like, you just want to win at this point in time. I think the, the person for me is probably then consistent every single week for them and the last few years has obviously been punted after one game of origin every time is Regan Campbell Gillard. Yeah. I think if we're not looking at our middles for New South Wales and going Regan, Paulo and Haas, I don't know what we're doing. Mm. And I know people are going to bring up the Jake argument, this, that and the other, like whatever. But your three genuine middles in terms of work, minutes, impact, physicality and good carry, that's my three. Two power props and Payne Haas would be the first three props I'd pick for New South Wales. Yeah, And if you're only going with three genuine middles and then you're going with back row and middle prototypes or back row center prototypes to cover other positions, uh, for me, I'm I'm not getting an argument. I'm picking those three straight up. Paulo back. Good for them after a couple of weeks out. Uh, good to see him there. Penasini, good game. I think Madison, same deal again. His uh, work and contribution seems back and he's been really good. Guth had a busy day and uh, I, I guess for the dogs, the only sort of positives you take out of these games is Pangai Jr. got through after missing an extended stint. Um, Alamotti had some moments. Again, you forget the guy's literally 19 years old. He's just a giant of a man. And a guy like Max King, who's been very consistent the last two years for them, was good. But 
Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to get a gauge when you just similar deal can't keep troops on the field or anytime you get somebody back you have a couple more go out the door. Yeah. So they're real light on for OBs this week. I thought we might see Gerald Skelton or a couple other guys roll in, but I think they've still got bodies that are eligible in their top thirty. So I think they have to pick Declan Casey. Ockenbore obviously plays genuine as an outside back before this year they started using him as a back row. So I think they've got guys that they're gonna have to use first before they can reach outside their top thirty. But I don't know. Did you take much away from this one? I just No, I didn't because I realised Nee was gone. Carraz went off. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, wasn't I, much I thought the that. dogs were competing until that sort of happened. It wasn't much of a contest after that. No, no, no it didn't take a whole lot out of it. Parramatta, I thought they you know, they got the motorbike engine, they they high rev, they they look like they can blow off the park, but then they you know And again they decelerate and come back to the field. I but they weren't of, like that last year. I think this year they're really streaky. Yeah. But well, we're gonna get a, that'll that'll peter out as um you know they've they've got some things that they're working through with positional changes and yeah they've got guys yeah, coming back bench in bench and the whole th- heap of things that they need to iron out. So it's a different sort of season. They were far more settled last year. Yeah. Well, they've had changes in their outside back positions. They've changed center combinations, wing combinations. Changed their back row a few times around injury, their middle rotation, how they use their bench. It's slowly coming together. Lane's had a couple of runs now. Madison's had a couple of runs now. Um, they've obviously found hands in their hooker situation. Hodgson was missing on the weekend. so Tough test this week, though. They've got Brisbane up in Darwin, as they always take that game up to TIR. Mm. So that'll be a good gauge, I guess, after a few weeks now getting some wins. Yep. So, yeah, hard to take much out of that one, but we'll move on. And we'll now preview... The round ahead, thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the True Blue Bookie who back us and our charity account. But remember, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visiting gamblinghelponline.org.au. No win this week for the charity account, but the balance $468.32. Pretty good uh, for this time of year. And the first game we have, or sorry, tips last week. I got seven, you got six. So I finally actually had a decent round. But overall, you're still leading by like three. I think you're on 32. I'm only on like 29, mm. 28, something like that. Seattle uh, Panthers. So they only played a couple of weeks ago. It's back on again. And this one is at Acor Thursday night. For South, like we said, Kalamatungi, big out there. Cheek camp slots in his back row spot. Isaac Thompson also returns from injury. Pushes Tarn a Milne to 18th man for the Panthers. Scott Sorensen back into the back row with Liam Martin out. Lindsay Smith has been recalled onto the bench. And Luke Garner is 18th man after he returned from injury on the weekend and played Cup. Who do you like here, Brock? Arrows pushed in to start at the front row of the bench. I'm just going to go Penrith. Penrith just seem to have the wood on them. Yeah, they, they do for some reason. I, I went Penrith as well, not with a lot of confidence, but... I was confident South would play well last time, and they just yeah they weren't there. Um, I think forward pack wise, they both have a couple of injuries. They got Lindsay Spencer and Salmon. They've got Mawale, Sele, Saluka, Feed. I think Sele's been actually playing really good football mm. off the bench. So I don't know. Maybe the matchup will be a little more favourable this time. But the back row spot, they've both had changes. They've got Host and Cheekham. They didn't have them playing the first time. Um, this time, Sorensen and Hosking. So yeah. Interesting one, but let's look at the odds of bluebet.com.au. $2.70 outsider. Sias Penrith, $1.47 favorite. Minus six and a half is the line there in that one. 
uh, as we move on. There's only one game on Friday, 8 p.m. It's Eels Broncos at TIO Stadium in Darwin, as they do every year. Josh Hodgson returns after illness last week. Brennan Hands goes back to the bench. Makahesi Makatoa drops out. Bailey Simonson is in the reserves after getting off his suspension. And for the Broncos, Flegler returns. Corey Oates also returns. Corey Jensen goes to the bench. Keenan Palacia goes to the reserves. And Jesse Arthurs is 18th man. So they're pretty much moving back into what is their strongest side. And I thought Hetherington was a good return for them last week as well. Yeah. Good player. Very so good. Yeah. Um, they're probably as strong as they could possibly be. I don't think the travel is going to be as bad for them. I know Parra go up there for most of it. I'd have no. to think. I'm going to go Brizzy. Brisbane, but I'll be interested to watch their forward pack up against Paulo Campbell Gillard. Yeah, be good. Lane. Looking forward to that game. Is that Friday eight o'clock? Friday eight o'clock. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, that one's uh, interesting. And the odds, the with BlueBet.com.au Broncos dollar sixty seven two twenty for the Eels. Oh, because there's no early game. I'm thinking you've no, missed a game. There's a double up on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. So yeah, right. one Thursday, one Friday, uh, and that one is there. So Brisbane dollar sixty seven favorite two twenty for Parramatta minus two and a half the line. Saturday is two games, I'm pretty sure. Yep, two games. It kicks off 5.30, not three. And that is Dogs up against the Sharks at Acor. Uh, as we said, those changes. So Karaz goes out. Declan Casey comes in on the wing. Braden Burns returns on the other wing. Avarillo and Andrew Davey have been named, but there's a possibility they won't be playing. Jay Nockenball has gone from the wing to the bench, and Jackson Torpenny goes to the reserves list. Fitzgibbon, no surprise, has got the same 17 as last week. No injuries, no issues for them. Mate, and uh, you get... I know you're, you're getting one less NRL game, but you're getting um, they got Bulldogs, Bulldogs Newtown. Top That's going to be close. an absolute cracker. That's the best two teams in the comp so far. So sit down and watch that. That's on Fox at 3 or 5 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, in terms of this game, I'll be tipping the Sharks. Yeah, so yeah. I'd hate to say it, but with the injuries and yeah. the troops, if the Sharks are serious, this is one but of those But what's games. incredible is that Bulldogs, New South Wales Cup, just keep winning. Yeah. Well, I think, I, think they'll, I think they'll meet their match this week. I think Newtown will be winning. A couple of those kids, but, though, that aren't, aren't in their top 30. Like, Raja did not been in the top 30. Josh Papaletti, not in the top 30. There's a couple of guys there that are really good kids. Yeah, who are, you know, I think training during the week full time, but aren't in the top thirty quite yet. They're, they're playing very well. I think Skelton's a good player. Yeah, he's not in the top thirty. Um, and then yeah, they've obviously good to see Zach Hetherington playing some footy. He's a he played fullback last week. I saw fantastic human. I didn't watch the game, but he was listed at one this week. He's listed at nine, isn't he? Yeah, he's playing nine this so week. They've moved him everywhere. Mister Fix it. Yeah, geez, he's played some positions. He's a good human. Um, yeah, so. Interesting, but the odds heavy favourites are the Sharks with bluebet.com.au. They're a dollar eighteen, four ninety are the dogs, minus fourteen and a half is the line there. The late Saturday game is the Cowboys at home up against the Knights. In terms of changes, like we said, Cotter will now push into lock as Jason Tamalolo is facing up to six weeks on the sideline. Jordan McLean returns, which sort of helps from a hamstring injury. Greenville goes back to the bench and Caelan Ponga. Is back for the first time since round two, and it's his 100th game in the NRL, and it's up against his ex-club. This sees Tyson Gamble go back to the bench. Kurt Mann will start at lock. Matt Croker goes to the bench, and Brody Jones is out. He tore his quadriceps against Panthers. And Jacob Safidi is back from his four-game suspension from that Tigers game, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. That tackle where he uh, turned the lights out for poor young Simpkin, but... 
honestly, with what they've got at the moment, like the bench is Chester and Granville, so you've got a utility fullback half and a utility hooker type player who they've been using as a middle with one genuine middle and a guy that plays more so edge than middle. They're very light on. Um, Tamalolo can at least play 60. You know, you've got McLean there, he's probably 40 minutes. Hess is back in the middle. Kajewski gets his first game in the back row. Cotter's still a little bit underdone. I I just think, yeah, they're hurting. Yeah. I sort of like what Newcastle's been doing. As long as the Ponga move doesn't hinder, as we said, the feng shui and Gamble gets good minutes. I thought Phoenix did a good job last week. And I, I think from what I've seen so far, I'm going to have to go with the Knights. And it's a tough trip, but I've been on them every week and they just can't seem to get it done. So I'm just going with what I've seen. I'm going the Knights. Is it up there? It's up there. Oh, man. That's a hard game. I'll go Cowboys and watch them lose. <laughs> well, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. But until they turn it around, I guess, and they've all been close. Last week, I went against them with the Warriors, and I felt good about it. But the few weeks prior, I thought they'd win, and they didn't. The Bulldogs won. The Dolphins won. They all hurt. But they're the favorite with bluebet.com.au. They're $1.74. Knights at 210, minus two and a half is the line there. Tough one. Another Queensland Derby. Dolphins up against the Titans at Suncorp 2 p.m. So that's a cracker for anyone up there in sunny Queensland. Felice Cafusi returns from his four-game suspension. Swap straight out for Kenny Bromwich, who's got a one-game suspension now. Uh, and then you've got Jared Wallace returning after his week out with concussion. So JJ Collins shifts to 18th man. AJ Brimson is in the reserves, so possible late. Inclusion, but for now, a change. Jojo Fafita comes back in on the wing. Phillips Semi pushes to the centers, and Aaron Shop is out altogether. So, not in the squad. Neither is Isaac Fasulama Aoi. He's out of the squad as well. And so is Joe Vuna with Tom McKayley, named to play his first game for the club, and Cleese Haas also named on the bench. So, a bit of a reshuffle there by your man. What do you think? Can the Titans get the job done or are the Dolphins going to keep being the slayers of the Queensland teams? Jeez, man. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tip us. I think we should win. Every one of these games I go against the Dolphins, they win. Yeah. And then the one or two times I've tipped them, they've been rolled. So I've got the kiss of death whenever I tip for or against. Me too, I think. I can't, I, can't, I can't get a feel for either of these teams. I've got a pretty good feel for the Dolphins, but yeah, I thought the Dragons game, they've just been tough and consistent and they got blown off the park. Yeah. And then I thought the week after, they're short-handed and the Cowboys Where's get them. Where's this game? Suncorp? Suncorp. Okay, it's not at Redcliffe. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Gold Coast. Yeah, all right. You've got me. I'll go the Titans, but I've got zero confidence. And if North the Dolphins complete close to 90% and get into an ugly game and play for 80 and you guys play for 40, you'll, you'll lose by 20 points. Yeah, we will. That's what'll happen. So, now that I've I just that, li- I like... Uh, that, what gives me a little bit of confidence is how that game ended last week. Holbrook looked actually a little bit dirty yeah. last game, which... Well, I'll say one thing. Two o'clock on a Sunday, if it's good weather and you guys play the sort of footy you did early and not let them roll you through the middle and make shit errors and give away penalties, mm. I think you... But Bennett, Bennett will have that Dolphins plan. Like, he'll, yeah. be, he'll be waiting for the Titans to shred themselves. Yeah, drop the ball, channel yeah. through the middle, pick on your halves, yeah. just slowly take what yeah. you get given. Or All if that. not, they'll wait until the 65th, 70th minute. Yeah. Juice you. Try and grab a couple of light ones. You know. 
Uh, the odds with bluebet.com.au, the sponsor of the Dolphins. They're that $1.74 favorite. The Titans, 210. Minus 2.5 is the line there. Uh, and the other Sunday game is the Tigers up against Manly. Lots of changes here on the Tigers side of things out there at Campbelltown. Jareem Buller playing fullback. Young guy who come down from Queensland. He's a natural. He just glides this bloke. Mm. But hell of a rise. SG and a little bit of flag last year. Now he's in the NRL. And he hasn't been named for either team the last few weeks. I don't know if he's been injured. But that's a hell of a decision out of the break to just be like, this well, is what yeah, it is. I know I'm, I'm previewing the Magpies and New South Wales Cup when he hasn't played the last three weeks. Nah, and he hasn't been in flag, so... Mm. I know I've heard big raps about him. I know they played in the trials and they talked a big game. So clearly they've got really big raps and they're throwing caution to the wind here with one of their best young talents. And let, let's hope uh, he plays well and they stick with him. They had the bye last week though. So the last thing you don't want to do is ruin his confidence. Yeah, but yeah, I've, uh, from the one or two games I did get to see him playing junior football, he dominated. Up against men will be a different story, but. With that, Charlie Staines goes on to a wing with Junior Tupo. They've got Stafford Tyre and Asua Kapoa in the centres. Wakeham has been named to join Brooks in the halves now that we know this reshuffle is happening with Dewey now missing. Um, Brent Naden's still missing with that collarbone. Tommy Talao has been named on the bench, and so has Dane Laurie. And Sean Bloor and Jake Simpkin have dropped out. David Nofaluma is named in the reserves coming back from a foot injury. So there's been a lot of movement the last few weeks in terms of their bench in particular. Um, but yeah, changing the spine, waking back in, Buller at fullback, Staines pushed to a wing, Laurie on the bench with Tommy Talao. So I find that a bit odd and you've got a fullback slash half and a center winger and they've got off end going to On the flip side, for Manly, Schuster returns after missing three games. Ruben Garrick also returns, and Tuolagi, like I said, will miss his place for now is Ethan Bullimore in the back row. Kepi returns on the bench, and Samuela Fainu makes his debut. Would have liked to have seen him just start and have Bullimore stay in that middle rotation, but maybe something could happen there. You've you've had Samuela, good player. Yeah. Another one of the Fainu brothers. I think he's only yeah. 19 or 20, isn't he's he? He's a baby, mate. Baby. He's a baby, yeah. So he's 18th, I think. Um couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. And he's been there and thereabouts. Probably didn't think his opportunity to come as quickly, but injuries are there and he's in the top 30 for a reason. So yeah. he's going to get his opportunity. He's very good in the trials. Um, yeah, he's still very much learning his craft. Um, but when he gets it right, he's damaging. He's strong. He has good feet, good speed, very good offload. Um, but yeah, he's he's raw. He's young. He's mm. he's gonna. And I was about to say, he's got a lot to learn. He's only 19, 20 years old. He's probably a year or two away from. It'd his be best. it'd be good if he gets a game or two here, and then goes back and plays cup for you know six or eight weeks, and then gets a little Comes back. feet up again. Yeah, I think that's how these young forwards. It's probably the best way to manage them. But mm. sometimes you get yourself in a situation where you just have to use guys and. Yeah, he's at the moment he's next man up, and it's yeah he's going to be so excited, and it's a, it's a huge op- opportunity for him. Probably the only thing I don't know if they'll stick with here, or to me it would be a risk. The bench is all forwards: Simply Woods, Kepi, and Samuela. Uh with Schuster's situation the last two weeks, and Tommy, I'd still probably carry Kaya, and I don't like him playing nine, <clears throat> but just naturally with what's going on with the half and fullback situation, I'd probably still feel more comfortable at least having an option there. Yeah. 
Um, whether they go that way or they take Cooper Johns and drop one of those guys. Like if it was going to be one off the basis of last week, I think Kepi might be the one to miss out if they stick with Samuella. It'd be pretty harsh to name him in your actual 17 and then not debut him. Generally, you wouldn't do that to a young bloke. No, yeah. You'd name him on the outside. Not being privy to no, no, that. conversations I'm, this is my, and I'm... Um, this is my I opinion. certainly wouldn't in, in embellish, embellish them here, but... No, nah, but you generally don't put someone in your 17 if, for a debut and then pull them out. No. You way. generally bring them outside that no. if you've told them on the sly and no. put them in late. So no. I think they're committed to him. But if there's a late change out of that bench, I think it What's might be What's the bench? Kepi Woods and Sibley with Samuela. But, yeah, but that's the that's the fourteen to seventeen. Who's in the extended bench? Cooper, Ko Weeks, Condon, Cham Kontong, and Tui yeah, Pilotu. So there's some versatility there. Also a late possibility. If Tui Pilotu's in, I think Harper will be gone and Garrick will shuffle into the centers. Garrick into the centers. Well, that's what I'm talking about in the offseason when he signed his deal and didn't push for that Newcastle release that he'd okay. move into the centers more likely with the wing options they've got. But yeah. don't know. Now that they've got Saab back and him. Um, when Tui Pilotu, uh, sorry, when Cool is there and Tui Pilotu to sign a long term extension, it, it probably looks like his home's more in the centres, which is what he played during the juniors. Yeah. So, see yeah. what happens. But I don't know. Like I said, I don't think this is going to be easy. I'm tipping Manly. But yeah, I'm tipping Manly. Not with a lot of confidence. They were really good last week. I want to see him do it two weeks in a row. But also away from home. They haven't performed well away from home. You'd hope that Campbelltown will get around the Tigers off the break and get around this kid and they come out for him. Hopefully we get a good game of footy. Yeah, I think the last be. few years though they've played around this Anzac week and the, the Manly have towed them up. Yeah. I think last year maybe the year before I was going to watch One of them was a comeback I think. Yeah, that was the one where I went in to watch Vaughan play. Um, then it was his 30th at that and they they were leading the Roosters that year in the Dragons Anzac Day clash, and I watched that game before I left or on the way in, and they were just getting pounded, and they caught fifty from Manly. Tommy yeah. scored a hat trick or a double, and yeah, hasn't been kind the last few years, but hopefully a better showing. But with bluebet.com.au, they're three twenty outside as the West Tigers Manly a dollar thirty five favorite. Minus nine and a half is the line, and now we move on to the Anzac Day clashes, the Roosters and the Dragons at Allianz Stadium. This year, it's all finished and ready to go. Fair few changes. Joey Manu has shifted into 5'8". Luke Keery goes to halfback. Sam Walker, as we know, dropped out of the side. Momorovsky is the new centre. Angus Crichton, after one week in New South Wales Cup, straight back in and moves into the back row. Nat Butcher is out suspended. Satili Tupanura has played 40 minutes and 60 minutes the last two weeks. He's now back in the side on the bench. Um, after that ACL in round 18 last year. And Nathan Brown is also amongst the reserves after playing Cup last week. So, yeah, fair bit of a reshuffle there. New center, new halves pairing. You bring in Crichton back onto an edge with Nat out, and then you've got Tupanura on the bench there. Mm. So whether he uses him as a middle like he did early doors and just gets that leg speed to help out what's going on there. Um or if there's a change in thought in terms of a late inclusion with maybe a Brown instead of a Terrell May if he's good to go. I'm not too sure, but that, that's a fair few changes on the Rooster side of things. On the yeah, Dragons yeah. side of things, uh, there's just the one change. Ben Murdoch-Basilla is back after playing Cup last week. Jaden Sewer is the man to make way. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. But with a change like that, I think Sewer's been one of the better players, so... Um, Bird and Masilla on the edges yeah I don't know uh, I think the Roosters I said it a few weeks ago we obviously wanted to see something I wasn't confident against Melbourne on 
tipped the Sharks last week at the Priz, but I think we need to see a response here. Agree. So I'm on the Chooks. Me too. And the odds with this one with bluebet.com.au, they are heavy favourites. $1.25. The Dragons, three ninety five outsiders. I don't know about that. This day generally seems to bring out the best in everybody. Um, so 12 and a half start there if you like that. Storm Warriors, this one also quite surprising, but for Melbourne, uh, Nick Meany is back after missing last week with concussion. Munster moves back to six. Pezzett out of the side. Nelson Asafa Solomona, great time to return after Tui Kamikaminka got a two-week suspension. And the Warriors get back Marata Niakore. Josh Curran goes back to the bench. Tony Torpiki to the reserves. Wade Egan was cleared, um, but the club's chosen to give him an extra week because he's obviously had two bad head knocks in a short space of time. So mm. proactive and smart by them. Uh, the one I was hoping to see was Mitch Barnett, but he's still not there. He would have been awesome to unleash on this day and this occasion. Absolutely. He's one crazy son of a bitch, and that's why I love him. But I don't know. Um, Melbourne at Melbourne and years gone past. I'd, I'd love to say that. I think I like Munster back in the halves. That, that's a, I, I that's do, a big one. But I'm more worried about the forward side of things. Yeah, right. we've been hot and cold. I think our back row has been good, but I think our middle rotation's been lackluster so far. Like mm. when without Nelson there, Welch is still playing his way back to fitness. Tarek got injured during the preseason. He's well underdone, and the other guys that come in like a McDonald or an Eisner, if they do a job, but it's just not the same. No, so. I think what they've been doing through their middle, even though it's a bit lighter, and the way they're moving the football and the contributions they're getting. Um, and their outside backs are also powerful too. Like Montoya, even when he shifted in last week, Dale on the way he returned, Chandler, this got a lot of good yardage carries too. So they're going to have to be sharp play one too. I, I honestly, I want to tip the Warriors. I really do. Um, but, but I'm going to go Melbourne, but from a betting perspective, I think I'm going to have a crack at the Warriors. But yeah, I'm going to tip the Warriors. I'd, Around the Warriors, yeah. yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. From what we've seen so far, and particularly what they've been doing defensively. I don't care about the odds. I'm just... No, well, you can't bet, but I can. But with that... No, um, I just mean in terms of influencing who I No, I, that was not tipping the way up. Uh, I don't mean on that. I mean from a bet perspective. I look at it and I'm like, I don't agree with the odds. Mm. Uh, but bluebet.com.au, Melbourne, dollar twenty five. The Warriors started at four. They're now three ninety five, And again, 12 and a half. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the points. Any day of the week. And... To be honest... What are they? 12 and a half? 12 and a half. Oh, yeah. I'll take 12 and a half or I'll take 1 to 12 at 5.20. I, I think this will be close. I don't think it's going to be another one of these blowout victories like we had the last few years when they've had coaching instability, COVID and guys going home and injuries. That's definitely not the same Warriors team. True. And Melbourne's definitely not the same Melbourne team. that They're kind of working their way through some things. But Nelson uh, is a big in, but yeah, that, that's just one man. So I um, still think there's a bit to work on in terms of that rotation, but... What have we got different? Knights and Cows. And that last one, Warriors Storm. So that'll be a separating point. Best bets this week. I think there's a few lines I could combine there to put up on the app. So keep your eyes out for that one. The fifth and last best bet of the week on the app with bluebet.com.au and our charity bet. I don't know, but the hot streak came to an end. Hopefully I can rip the top back off and get straight back on it this week so we can bank some more money for whatever charity we end up choosing for this year. But again, big thank you to bluebet.com.au for supporting us and supporting our charity account. Download the app today. Bet with the true blue bookie. But just remember, what are you really gambling with? Visit for, uh, for free confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au and keep your eyes out also for the promo 
that they've been running for the last few weeks. If your team leads by six or more at halftime, get paid out up to $100 maximum on head-to-head bets only. Your team leads by six or more at halftime, paid out as a winner. So there you go, Boxhead. Looks like a good round of footy again. Anzac Day games always seem to deliver. We'll see how desperate the Tigers are. We've got another Queensland Derby. We've got the Knights up against Ponga and his 100th. Uh, sorry, the Cowboys up against his old club. Eels Broncos, a good gauge there. And South Penrith again. Two teams that don't like each other. Plenty of, uh, yeah, plenty of good play. Uh, some good matchups from what's been pretty good so far this season. To everybody out there. Uh, I'm enjoying the TV recommendations and the podcast stuff and all that. It's been good. It's a bit quiet this week. Yeah, well, I enjoyed the one earlier. I think it was Neil Donnelly. He says, how the fuck do I get a tank of petrol and cartons of beer out of 160 bucks? Well, I was saying to Brock, I don't know what you blokes drive. You must all be out there in fucking Hiluxes and four-wheel drives and whatnot, but your man over here, I just get around casually in a Mazda. So my tank's only costing me 70 bucks, 80 bucks max to fill up. Mm. So that and being a Dan's member. Dan, he, he's on a level with my man, the Colonel. If you're a Dan's member... I get cartons when they're on special as a member for 40 bucks, 45 bucks. There's your 160 right there. Two boxes and a tank of petrol. Good times. There you go, mate. I could do it with an extra 40 so I can buy a bucket of chicken. I was going to say, surely you'd be driving through KF. You do the three. Punch it up to 200 and I'll take the trifecta. You do the Pioneer hat trick. Dan Murphy's into Quicks into KFC. Yeah, and then maybe I do pull up with me bucket after I've eaten fucking eight drumsticks. It's now 180. That's right. (laughs) Need to push it up probably to 200 to cover that. Just looking at um, when the Warriors and Roosters and Storm play, St. George play following Anzac Day, they play on the Sunday. Mm. So it's a nasty little short day, short turnaround. Melbourne, of course, they got the boy. They got looked after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Fucking looked after. Yeah, mate. Looked after. Mate, we've been grafting missing players at the start of the year. We need the boy. Get to the boy. I don't know boys. why they wouldn't just give all four teams there the buy. Oh, you think you would, but that was like last... just have that as one of the rounds. Where... Who was it the other week he got stitched up? Didn't the Bulldogs get a ridiculously short turnaround? Like a four-day turnaround off one of those games the other week? I don't know. I think it was them, because I'm pretty sure Gus made his feelings heard. Oh, gee. No surprise. Then there's been the news this week that a lot of the clubs are sick of Gus talking and going after the NRL because they all get fined and coaches get fined and he's an official of the club and they're all asking a bit of a what the fuck to the NRL as to why he can go on his podcast and channel on everything and just question tackles and everything that's going on and no one seems to... you. No, I know that, but they're obviously all getting the shits with it, so I don't know. I just got a good laugh out of it. That's all. Yeah. It's just rugby league. It's like anything when it's competitive. Just reminds me... What I would like there is for whoever's doing that behind the set, just come out and say it openly. Yeah, I agree with you. But it just reminds me of like Drive to Survive. They all hated Toto. And then when old mate starts spinning, then everyone hates him and they're all getting together going, yeah, they're cheating and they're fucking doing this. I'm like, I love competitive people. Yeah. <laughs> but it gets that level, it gets so goddamn yeah. petty because everyone's looking across the bow. They're looking to get an inch. Yeah, anything they can. They're yeah. all doing press conferences and going to the FIA and doing what they can. You're like, these fuckers, as soon as they're not the one on top, they all just band it together and like, let's take them yeah. down. Cutting legs out. Dear Lord. Absolute savages. Have you watched anything this week? Anything new? Got anything? No, Succession, Ted Lasso. I watched The Night Agent. That was pretty good. Oh, actually, I watched... What were the movies I said I watched? I watched The Whale. Oh, yeah, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. He won the Oscar, didn't he? That was... Uh, yeah, like, if you've got time, watch I've it. I've seen the trailer. But, it looked you know, like you're a not, bloody ripper. You're not missing out on, on much. No. Nah. Uh, what was the other movie I saw? I saw Air. Air was good. 
Yeah, no, I didn't watch that. That's in the cinemas at the moment. If you like sport and you like uh, the backstory to those sort of things. I watched Cocaine Bear or whatever it is. <laughs> fucking horrible. <laughs> it was, that, that's in my wheelhouse. I'm not going to get not that 90 minutes back. It not, was not, not great reviews. Absolute, There's Brock's review right there. Absolutely. That's shit. 90 minutes. I'm not getting back. Uh, there was another movie I watched as well. Well, I'd say Air was an 8 out of 10. I think 10. I sent it to the our chat on WhatsApp. Did you? Yeah, I think so. Have you seen Air yet? No. 8 out of 10. When am I going to get to go anywhere? Hey, just... A man, uh, a man called Otto, Tom Hanks. Oh, Tom Hanks. That was unreal. I love Tom I Hanks. I loved it. Good message in that as well. Love my man, Tom. He's good. A man called Otto. You know I love Forrest Gump. Jenna. I love you, Jenna. I love you, Jenna. Yeah, uh, no, TV this <laughs> week. I'm going to start watching the documentary on Netflix on the Boston bombings. I want to watch that. Yeah, and I watched the one... I watched the one on MH370, the missing right. plane, and it was fucking terrible. Right, so, don't watch it. How was that? Horrible. I started Succession. I don't mind it. Casey's just staring at me going, what is even going on? Nothing's happened yet. Yeah, well, small capacity. And I was sort of like, what do you mean? What's going on yet? Like, You need to... It's a billion dollar company. All the family's all messed watch. up. And there's a fair bit happening. Mate, I watch plenty of stuff. <laughs> you we, gotta branch out. We, we generally watch stuff separately after Tom because yeah. our tastes are so different. We watched The Night Agent together. I thought the ending was shit. Okay. It was a really good show, but when I got to the last episode, I was like, all right, that was a bit disappointing. Yeah. I'd still recommend it, but overall, I was like, okay. Yeah, I haven't started it yet. So thinking about the ones on TV, like those network, like they make them and it's almost like, well, do we end it strong or do we leave it open for more content? It felt like they left it open for more to come because now it's done well. And I'm like, yeah. Just fucking deliver, and then after that, if you want, then do a spin-off. Yeah, it makes sense. But nice. they sort of done it like they've put a foot in each fucking side of it, going, mm, we could finish strong, or we can leave it sort of open that maybe we can do more if it goes well. And then all of a sudden, yeah. it's, you know, top two or three on the stream, and I'm like, okay, they're definitely going to make another season of this shit. But, yeah, kicked off strong. Worth a look, but... Succession I'm going to keep pushing on with. I don't think she's going to join me on that journey. But uh, it makes it easier. I've liked it so far. Yeah, Especially good. bloody... What's his fucking name? Who's Macaulay Culkin's brother? Kieran McCulkin. He's a dead set weirdo. He's good. When he closed his office up and did the business on the window, I was like, this bloke is an absolute fruit loop. It gets better. <laughs> it's it gets absolute loose cannon. It's absolute gold. And the weird partner of Shiv or whatever, Tom or whatever, and the stuff he's Tom. saying to Cousin Greg, I was yeah, like, what is, going, what is going on? So they're like, I'm not going to spoil anything, oh. but they now call themselves the Disgusting Brothers. The Disgusting Brothers. Yeah. Him yeah. and Greg. Greg. Cousin Greg. Cousin Greg. <laughs> Cousin Greg. <laughs> Cousin Greg. Between the taxi and the door guy, you guys need to figure out who's paying for this, man. <laughs> so, yeah, you're an absolute loser. Greg. What are you doing? There's a hilarious episode, Cousin Greg episode, episode two of this last season. Absolutely had me in tears. You see the whole way through? Yeah. Dear Lord, I looked at his character and thought, there's no way this guy stays yeah, long. No, long. he's uh, some next level behavior. It's great. Wow. Stick with it. I think, yeah, it's four down, and I think the last season They're is ten episodes. Up, yeah, so there's six episodes to go. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Keep them coming if anyone's got anything. If you want to see something in the cinemas, I recommend Air. If you um, what I would like something. is to hear uh, what people are doing with their Foxtel, because my, my Foxtel subscription is up, and I'm about to ring and give them both barrels, because they've... Bumped me from me $60 or whatever I negotiated for 12 months up to back up to like 109 
Yeah. So it's fucking ridiculous. Well, I saw a huge rant after Help Show when I went onto our Twitter that I hadn't been on for a few days. And you saw what? For some reason, like my whole feed was just attacking Foxtel and KO because they're together. People were saying like KO's been shithouse and yeah. they blame your internet, but every other app works and every other stream works. Yeah. And they crap and Foxtel's fucked as well. They people just giving both brows to both sides. I was like, oh, yeah. shit. So, but to me, Foxtel's reliable. Like, I, yeah, I don't well, have any Fox issues is with Foxtel, unless there's a thunderstorm and the signal goes out. But well, that met the pub the other week. Other than that, I don't have an issue with Foxtel. I've got the KO app on here, and I've never had an issue with KO here. I've had but it with the old bands a few times. We've got fucking, we're paying 130 a month for internet just to make sure that everything streams right. Yeah, so, they stitch you up on that, don't they? They do. No, but what I'm saying is that, like, the Foxtel runs through internet, so does K- so does everything. So, yeah. like, I'm just going to get the highest I can get so everything hopefully works properly. You know, my favourite thing is someone who works... But I'm in, thinking about pissing Foxtel off. Someone who works in electricity, when I turn someone's power off and they go, did you turn the internet off too? I'm like, yeah, because that needs power to work. Is there still an NRL Game Pass? Can you just buy access uh, to NRL didn't, games? Didn't part of that... Was, went to Telstra from, or? I thought when Greenberg went, they shut down that whole division they were going into. No, I'm, I've never really looked at it. I used to have it. I didn't really I'm look at, at it. Because I'm like, well, but, what are my alternatives to Foxtel? I thought with Greenberg, he wanted to get in the whole Telstra digital and they wanted to have all that content there. I think when it went to Volandis and he went out, they pulled out, didn't they? Or it went on the back burner. So I don't know if it's a thing because they were trying to keep the content separate. I think that if you weren't a member, you weren't getting the full press conferences or anything. And now I think it's all back to being available. So I'm not 100% sure, but I think that whole no, content... No, so yeah, now you look at it and you go, you need to have Foxtel, you need to have KO, you need to have yeah. one of those. So I think they've like... brought back into the broadcaster side of things. They've just said, fucking get rid of that. Got, yeah. That was a waste of money. Go on. I think mm. that was more a Greenberg initiative where they were getting into the Game digital pass. space and all that yeah. sort of stuff and trying to break it off. So Anyway. Mm. Anyway, mate. Anyway. Yeah, no, there's been no, um, no F1s on. It's been a bit... I watched the bikes last week. It's been a bit rank. NBA playoffs have just started. The yeah, draft. I'm oh, but I, I won't watch really anything. I'll watch the Celtics and that'll be about it. NFL draft is next week, which I love. Yeah, same. It's the end of next Friday, isn't it? I love the fucking draft nerds and talking about like six round picks and stuff. This guy here went to a small college underappreciated. You know, he's got the arm length, the size, the speed. Yeah. Got I, don't, I don't love it that much, but I'll, I'll watch it. I enjoy it. That's I'll why. I nerd out in our draft league the last few years and pick some random that someone's like, why the fuck did you pick him? I'm like, because I watch way too much of the draft stuff. Yeah. Love it. Can't watch all the college stuff, so that's the best way to do it. Yeah, see, I do. I watch a lot of college footy. Oh, I watch it, but there's so much to bloody watch. Do you find a hidden gem like that? It's generally through the draft nerds. Yeah. But they load up that month leading in. You get a lot of good information. And then you see smart teams pick someone up that no one knows about, and you're just like, yes, that could mm. be a handy acquisition. So, yeah, there you go. For everybody out there, we'll wrap that up there. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. Thank you, Penrith Solar Centre. And thank you to Sinclair Hyundai Penrith. Enjoy your weekend. Get out there to a dawn service or anything like that. What did you say you were going to, Boxhead? You take one of the kids at the bowling club, No, I take both kids. I didn't take Henley last year because he was only just two. I took Lila. Um, Yeah, but I'll take both kids this year. Well, I'm hoping... Two of the three kids because of our newborn. Um, yeah, I think it's important to... Yeah, pay your respect. We we never did it as kids. We never went to dawn services as kids. I think it's important. So, um, yeah, the bowling club do one. I think it's at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, mm. which is... Yeah, getting the kids out, out of bed at 5 a.m. is impossible. Like, they're three and four. Mm. But, yeah, go on there and 
maybe get him some lunch and I'll have a couple of sneaky mid-strengths. Oh, yes. See how we go. Well, I'm hoping to get into Melbourne, but if I don't, I always go attend a dawn service then get on the There might even be one just here at Kingswood Bowling Club. I don't know. Maybe. I'll I'll have to have a look. I used to love going to the Rissels, but I haven't been there in a long time now. Yeah, and the the thing there is just for me like parking and then oh, having with, all those with people kids, in with the kids, dark, with kids. There. Yeah, it's just and pubs aren't good. So like, I still think you should go. So I'll find an alternative which better suits yeah. them. Well, if anyone does listen, who's uh, local, current, you know, active servicemen or retired women, servicemen or women, thank you. And uh, yeah, get out and pay respects to those who obviously fought for the privilege and the freedoms that we have today. Yeah, we actually out. took the kids to the War Memorial when we were in Canberra in November. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I went when I lived down there. It's good. It's very good. Um, and yeah. I think it's one day that I think we do very, very well with the sport and everything. Oh, as well. like, don't we ever? The job down there, and you know, being to the SCG. Of clubs have made a couple of boo boos with their jerseys, but yeah, I'll, I think that was all with good intention. It's just a nah, bit of an oversight, yeah. and I think that'll never happen again. No, 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 no not with what's happened this year. With people no. just googling it and going, "Stock image, I found this." It's like, yeah, oh, I think all that stuff will get cleared, but. The few times we went to Melbourne with the way they black out that stadium, do the whole Prezzo, that experience we had with the AFL crowd, which is as big as the grand final day for them. I remember I went to the first, Dawn me and Timmy Witt went to the first um, Roosters Dragons game. Might have been 02 or 03. Mm. It's where Freddie scored that cracker try. Um, yeah, it was un- unreal. Well, I've made I reckon it. we might have been 16, 17. We might have bought a couple of rounds of beers that day, actually. Good. I had a bit of facial hair. And if so I let you go, go, up and, go up and see if you can get see a couple of beers. Excuse. Mate, they were giving beers to three-year-olds that day. Well, Anzac, my, day Anzac Day 2002. My favourite one of there all. There wasn't a lot of RSA going on. When was it? Golden Point between Dragons. Roosters obviously went to a lot more than why Vaughnie was there. But I think it was the year they started well. Dugan was there, for Christ's sake. They went extra time and they lost. Is that the Lightning game? Nah, this was, I can't remember how many years ago. It might have been 18. I can't even remember when Dugan was bloody there. They were doing well. They went to extra time. They fought back in the end to get it there. Dugan had Is that to, when Pierce kicked the field goal? Maybe. He had, Dugan had the goal kick near yeah. the back end. They went to extra time, but the day was just a schmozzle in general. We went up there. He had extra tickets, and I think DeBellin or someone else needed extras, and he didn't count them properly. Because remember prior to, yeah, so the first one was 2002. Because prior to that, they used to have the Anzac test. test. I was about to say, used to be we went to one of the tests. Yeah. Went to the centennial test. Went to the centenary test, yeah. Hmm. But yeah. So that was, yeah, a crowd of 21,000 at the SFS, blah, blah, blah. Roosters rallied to win 24-20. Was Round that 7, it? 2002 at the Sydney Football oh, Stadium. Okay. So I yeah, that's about the one. Yeah. Well, the one I went to, we, he buggered up the tickets. We'd driven in there together. I was staying with him that night. So he hands me his player pass, and I go, what the fuck do I do with this? He goes, I don't know, just walk in wherever you want. You'll be right. You've got this on. So some bloke at a set of stairs, I've gone up to the members level. He's let me in. A few people have asked me, you're not playing today or whatever. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm injured. I've rolled it, turned my head when I've gone up three sets of stairs. There's Nick Politis, Gus Gould, and who's old mate from Channel 9 um, that everyone talks about? Gingell. Having a chat. Everyone's got a collared shirt, a rooster's tie, or a fucking pass on. I'm in a pair of jeans, a cat shirt, and like a pullover jumper. Roll into this bar with his player pass on. Same thing keeps happening again. How you going, mate? You injured us up, mate? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Everyone's in official gear downstairs. Yeah, I'm There's a random bloke walking around fucking drinking beers with a player pass on. Strolling around the stadium in a place I shouldn't be. Super. Awesome game. Best seats I've ever had. Find him at the end of the day. He's like, how'd that work out? I'm like, good. Next year, don't worry about the tickets. Just give me your fucking pass again when you're at the gate. 
because they know who you are. They just let them straight in. I wandered off with the past and was just wandering around the old SFS on my own, just going, oh, yeah, what's this room? Fair enough. Walking here. But, yeah. I'm having a look now. Kingswood Sports Club. What's going on here? They're linked with the Roosters, aren't they? Yeah, it's Roosters. It's actually Roosters logo. It's a bit weird. All the way out in the west. The Mighty West in the Kings of Wood. In the wood. But, as we said... Enjoy the long weekend, or I guess it's not a long weekend, but if you're like me and you've taken Monday off to make it a long weekend, good times. Um, okay. Get out there. Anzac Day. If you can, get to a dawn service, get out there, pay your respects, play some two-up. Heads. Play some two-up, mate. Head them up, mate. Have a couple of skunamis and head them up. That's the way to do it. And Ginger uh, beer on tap at the Kingsman Sports Brookvale Club. Brookvale Union. Ten bucks. Brookvale Union? Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Jesus. You get diabetes if you have too many. $10. Shit, they're tasty. Wow. I was buying them during COVID when I was getting, you know, when you get real desperado and the only thing you got to look forward to every week is new alcohol. I was like, I'll buy oh, yeah. seltzer this week. I'll buy ginger beer this week. I was buying some random shit. When was that? During COVID? During COVID when there was nothing to look forward to. I was just buying. There's nothing to look forward to? There was nothing to look forward to. All you do is work and go home and get locked up. Not, um, not no, having COVID. Tough. Uh-huh. Mate, Saturdays were it. I was working so much overtime, I was counting down the days to go buy something new. Yeah, there is a service there. Hang on. At the Kingswood Bowling Club. Morning tea and service from 10 a.m. There you go. Perfect. Take the kids there. I will. Close to home. Yep. Won't be too busy. Done. I know a couple of old ducks from work that go, the old blokes. 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. happy hour. $5 schooners. They do $2 each way bets because the bloke always turns up. I'll put the kids home in an Uber and oh, daddy will stay. There you go. If I don't go to Melbourne, let me know. I'll come to Kingswood. Mm. Still close. Come to the wood. Come to the wood. But again, I'll wrap this up for about the third time. If you like any of those recommendations, again, keep sending us our way. Well, we had to get it over the two hours, didn't we? Nah. We just, just had to. Just had to, he says. Just had to get it over the two hours. Mate, yeah. can I finish? Can I finish? Yeah, let's finish up. All right, everyone. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.